0: I think it's a game i
1: came up from nothing nigga you can't tell me shit yeah did it on my own Take out my neck take out my wrist yeah i swear i ain't never expected it to be like this now nigga getting rich i swear every day we lit yeah hey. every day we lit yeah you can't tell me shit yeah remember i was broke yeah now i'm getting yeah, when you down diamond colder than a bitch, then you know you lit When you quit, you take a nigga bitch, then you know you lit Every day we lit, yeah Every day we lit, yeah Every day we lit, yeah Every day we lit yeah. I could run, put it on my arm Take count of the 50 with my mom The ball done, all my car Came from, my chain glowing I ain't gone, man, look where we came from Uh, all your bangles Got my name on it Want me to put my name on it? I got the hottest team, one of the best you ever seen. But she like it when I sing on it. I came up from nothing, nigga. You can't tell me shit. Yeah, did it on my own. Check out my neck, check
2: out
1: my wrist. Yeah, I swear I ain't never expected it to be like this. Now, nigga, getting rich. I swear every day we lit. Man. Yeah, every day we lit. Yeah, you can't tell me shit. Yeah, remember I was broke, broke. Now I'm getting rich. Yeah, yeah when you diamond colder than the. Then you know you lit when you quit take a nigga bitch. Then you know you lit. Every day we lit. Yeah, every day we lit. Oh yeah. that new drop, put that on my block. Yeah. I just copped a new beam, put that on my block. Yeah. I done stuck my game up, got my change up. Uh, I swear on my niggas, I won't never change up. Roll all of my wrists. Yeah. Roll all of my bitch. Yeah. I ain't going back, bro. Never. Now when nigga get rich. Yeah. I did it all on my own. my own. Then nobody gave me a loan. My now my diamonds on frost. Now I'm fucking niggas hoes. Yeah. I came up from nothing, nigga. You can't tell me shit. shit. No. Yeah. Did it on my own. take out my neck. take out, out my, my wrist. wrist. Yeah. I swear I ain't never expected it to be like this. Now a nigga getting rich. I swear every day we lit. Yeah. yeah, every day we lit, yeah. You can't tell me shit, yeah. Remember I was broke. yeah. Now I'm getting rich, yeah. And when you diamond cold then a bitch, then you know you lit. When you quick take a nigga bitch, then you know you lit. Every day we lit, yeah, every day we lit. All Tell me.
2: no way I can save you. Cause I need to be safe. True. I'm no good at goodbyes. We're both acting insane. But you the chains. Now I'm drinking again. 80 proof in my veins. And my fingers stained. Looking over the ash Don't fuck with me.
3: want you back here tonight i'm trying to cut you no knife i wanna slice you and dice
2: you my argument possessive, it got you precise. can you not turn off the tv i'm watching if I-
4: wasted on a genie, I got fans finally, and you wanted them to see me, I, I thought you want this for my life. Right here remind me of my ex say I be declining all her calls And I'm responding to her texts I be like Girl, hush your mouth You know I ain't got time for number six She know I injured my right hand So when I get behind I use my left She watch that Walker Texas run she say I remind her of Nas X I'm talking old town road All my hoes down low They like girls And I like girls Three at a time Sometimes four And if my back and not all hundreds And ain't no time Then I don't go I be like say to me Don't you be a meanie. Thought you wanted me to go Why you trying to keep me teeny now? Now they need me. Number more on no the screen, No you know. Yeah, you used to love me. So what happened? What's the meaning? Nah, I thought you wanted
5: me to go up. Yup, you already know what it is, man. It's Radio Free Brooklyn. It's Thursday. It's 5 p.m. And that means one thing. It's time for Ben Talks with the best in the world, Ben Lewis. And as always my partner in crime Addie the Baddie.
6: Thank you, thank you for the introduction.
5: Well, come on, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. I always look out for my black queen, yeah. you know. G- giving you opportunities mm, to be heard and stuff.
6: Let's let's let's.
5: Well, let me let me pat myself on the let's back not. for a second.
6: Let's <laughs> not. Because if I start patting, you might just, you know, drop dead. <laughs> anyway, that was not a threat. No, it was
5: yes, yes, put that on record cuz okay. you you you're trying to be somebody out here. You don't want this coming back. <laughs> She threatens people. You don't want that coming back out.
6: I'm an actress, and I read the script. That Benjamin
5: oh, oh, wow! No, no, no! Gives me. I don't. Re-
6: <laughs> I have a, a whole earpiece. You you don't know what's going on in my ear right now. Yeah,
5: we got a lot going on over I here. Say anything on this problematic?
6: Side. Once again, I just want to clarify. Ben made me do it. <laughs> now that we got that out of the way
5: well because i'm a man in society i'll take the blame because yeah. they'll forget they'll, they'll forget about it faster than they forget about it with you so
6: that's true <laughs> okay that's a good thing
5: they'll just be like oh ben he oh yeah. he was immature right he's a boy yeah. <laughs> men will be he's men growing. exactly he's growing you know what I'm he, saying? he'll grow up but with you, they're going to be like, oh, right. she's an angry black exactly. woman. We don't need her in any anybody's mm-hmm. room right. or anybody's Unforgivable, studio. Unforgivable, unredeemable. Yeah, there you go. Answer her beyond recognition. Exactly. Um, I'm glad I made it through this week. Y- you did. Yes, I so did. Far. You we made it through the week day. as well. Um, <laughs> Woo, it's been rough. Yes. Uh, stay locked in. We got Shy Lizzie coming up later on in the program. Uh, A really dope artist. Uh, is he from Brooklyn.
6: I'm not sure actually, but we'll we, find out we'll find, that out. we'll
5: find out more about him when he comes through. Um, and uh, you ready to start with our shout outs?
6: Yeah.
5: Uh, this one not on the script, but I, I gotta uh give a shout out to to my sister, of course. Yes. The brunch that she um it was more like a dinner party, really, right? Wasn't it? Like I'm
6: gonna go ahead and say dinner. <laughs> it was like a dinner
5: party. Um, but she she did that this weekend, man. The food was amazing. Yes. Um now I was,
6: gotta I gotta taste into like what Ben eats every night. Well, like, that's yo. Come on now. Tight.
5: <laughs> i do eat good i do eat good okay um but it was it was a good chance for but you and kevin as well to um you know meet my family and, and and have a good time with the family and and now you guys are are brought in so don't can, don't yeah food don't double cross me do you
6: awesome. hear these scorpion <laughs> scorpion threats
5: <laughs> no but shout out to to my to my sister chef yes. lt um she did her thing man with the brunch she um did
6: that the and food was five, amazing and good people and, and
5: shout out to to my oldest sister as well Deborah. she she did do some cooking okay, also. Okay. Um so they both collaborated as far as like the cooking goes and the food goes. The 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 baking was all LT. Dang. Um she she did all that man. Yo, y'all have
6: and, any leftovers?
5: Man. Uh I mean it's Thursday, so no. Yo. Um the- <laughs> but we definitely Yo, had it. I killed it for-
6: myself with that cake all week, uh. man. <laughs> I had to work for it in the gym
5: yeah i was I, I, I was passing by boys and girls track uh like mm-hmm. early yesterday morning was yeah. that did i were you on there no that oh, was okay day i was
6: supposed to be there that was
5: just another really thick dark skin woman yeah oh, okay uh-huh. was, <laughs> i was like is that addy should i i'm not gonna get off the bus now, but. <laughs> well, great thing you did
6: <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like excuse me Come on, Pardon I, me I, I,
5: I'm like half royalty over there man Come on That's <laughs> four years You know what I'm saying Jeez, They don't recognize you They and don't And you know um, the young kids
6: Don't respect the elder They, they probably kick you on the knee Who the they're fuck like, are you Like, not here grandpa <laughs> The fuck nigga
5: Damn Grandpa That's mm-hmm. how kids feel They also feel?
6: probably got kids their your age <laughs>
5: They probably do man <laughs> <laughs> Alright <talk>. um, <laughs> Let's get into our shout outs man
6: Okay Billionaire Robert Smith, if y'all don't recall, is the man who forgave all the student loans for the Morehouse students last week, has decided that this week he's also going to forgive all the loans uh, that the parents have taken out on behalf of their students to attend Morehouse. So I just want to shout him out again because that is extremely generous and extremely purposeful and intentional as far as helping young educated black people to create opportunities to actually build wealth, as opposed to kind of end up in this spiral of being stuck in debt. And I think that that's a real fantastic way for us to apply our resources, particularly to help the black community. Even when I think about like reparations and like how that can actually work in a plausible way, it would be things like this, like, you know, not like, oh, okay, everybody come, come around here, get a check. But like, how do we Remove the barriers To Absolutely Building wealth To opportunities In this country So that mm-hmm. Those young people Now have a clean slate To follow their dreams Now if the The career that they Majored in Is not necessarily Their passion They don't have to Then devote their whole life To being able to uh, to to have to they don't have to devote their whole life in attempt to get out of debt. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's awesome.
5: Yeah, and, and you know incredible. this is crazy that we uh so we we put together this lineup like Wednesday mm-hmm. like Wednesday night I saw I, I was on YouTube um and I was watching this thing called Young Gifted and Broke and it was yes. it was uh it was um Angela Rye she she hosted something on BET where they talked about the student loan crisis mm-hmm. and it's crazy that. Angela Rye, we can, we both can agree, is very successful. Mm-hmm. Like as a lawyer, as a personality, mm-hmm. you know, from the things she's done on TV, whatever the case is, she's very successful. And she talked about still having, I think yeah. like $60,000 in loans. Like it's, it's crazy. And so what, like, I don't, like, I don't know if Robert Smith, I, he has to know the magnitude Ooh. of the gesture that he did for these mm-hmm. Morehouse students. Insane. It's, it is absolutely insane for you to, To like, first of all, like you get a, you take out a loan, you're 17 years old, the only thing you're thinking about is, I got into this school, I wanna go here, I need to figure out a way to pay. And a lot of us are the first ones in our families to go to college. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of us are. The first ones in our families with that kind of opportunity. Uh, Robert Smith, man, he, when, when he made the announcement, we talked about this when he made the initial announcement to pay off their student loans, but to forgive the parents' loans. Yeah. Because a lot of times the student only gets approved for his butt so much. Mm -hmm. And then the parent has to come in, has to take on loans Mm -hmm. and, and your aunts have to take on loans and everybody else had to take on loans just so you could fill in those gaps Mm -hmm. from what like financial aid gives you and and all this stuff to, so you to pay for Mm -hmm. your education. And for him to now double down on what he's done to pay for the like to forgive the parent loans, that's what billionaires in this country are supposed to do.
6: Yeah, and I want to just see more rich people in general doing stuff like this. Yeah, for Um, sure. So that's that's amazing. All right, um, shout out to Robert Smith. Yes. Next, we have um, two days ago was National. Voter registration day. Yes, yes. So just a reminder to, uh, to actually register to vote. If you're not sure if you're registered, you can actually go online and make sure.
5: If you're not sure you registered, you ain't registered, right? Because you know when you you register, register (laughs) You know when you when you registered to vote, yeah. Do it again. You can do it online.
6: Mm -hmm. Um, yeah please vote uh please register to vote because there is an election coming up in November mm-hmm. and that election is going to be for a lot of like uh lo- like local seats yes um and kind of like all oh, yeah the general and local elections that are um, happening in like New York mm-hmm. for like you know uh I think house I think it's House of Representatives right I think it's the House of Representatives so every body of government every governing body matters um as we can see in the way that Congress has played out. Um, over the past several years like if we didn't have Democrats currently have control of the Senate and if we didn't have that at the very least yeah it it would be like chaos so it's important that we try to at least get back some seats so that there's some people in the in in positions of power making absolutely reasonable decisions or at least decisions that are not all homogenous and just uh making those decisions because they don't want to be on Trump's bad side and so,
5: I, I actually made pledge. a pledge. I actually made a pledge when I was went back in 2016 when mm-hmm. Trump got elected. Um, I was sitting at my desk at a job that I hated, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I said, "You know what? for the For the next like election, I'm like I got a pretty big car. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna help out like so mm-hmm. people who need a ride to the polls if you're in my like district." Um, like, I'm, 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 I'm dead serious. I'm, I'm gonna come to Queens. I'm giving people <laughs> rise to the polls and I'm, I'm gonna make sure that that's good. People of color, black people, Hispanic people, Indian people, whatever. If you like, whatever excuse you got, oh, it's too, my, 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 mm-hmm. my district, my, my voting area is too far for me. Whatever the case is, I'm giving people rise to the polls this November and went next year for the presidential election. Mm-hmm. I'm giving people rise to the polls so that. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Like, I like, that. like we got mad at people for not going out to vote, and you don't know why people don't go out and vote. Maybe they couldn't get the time from work. Maybe they the place that they had to vote was too far. I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and I'm gonna double down on this. Like, if you need a ride to your voting station, hit me up, and I'll take you.
6: Yeah, no, because it's everything really does matter. Like last year, my friend, um, she was my former roommate. Her name's Hannah. She's a school teacher. And basically, she identified a district in in New Jersey where there was like a lot of people who just weren't registered uh, to vote and, in the elections. And so she like she organized a group of people to do like cold calling. Yeah. And I think they Ooh, reached. That's like
5: that's like one of the hardest things to do, man. And cold calling. Like,
6: uh huh. They reached like hundreds of families, and they were able to turn that district blue. Like yeah. So like literally, her efforts as far as like identifying a district. Calling and putting And organizing all of that energy Was able to turn that district um, Turn that district blue In a district that historically Had not been So that's like Everything really does matter So every way that we can like Chip in If not in your own community Then like identifying Nearby communities Where you can maybe Offer some support Mm -hmm. That's definitely What I want to be working on I remember when When
5: Obama was running My dad Actually was like Pick like uh, If those of you Who don't know Too much about me My dad owns a church and, um, he actually like used the church van the day of the election to pick up members to bring them to the polls mm-hmm. so that they could go and vote. Cause he like, he was, he did everything in his power to like get black people to go to the polls and make sure Obama got in office. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to kind of have, keep that same energy 100%. To, to go to the polls. It doesn't matter if there's not a black person on the ballot if whatever mm-hmm. the case is. But we've seen four years of Trump. We've seen what he's done. We've seen what he said. We've seen what he's got away with. We're done with him. Yeah, exactly. And what the last thing we need is for him to win in 2020. So if in any way, shape, or form you could help, like even if you carpool, if you if you got a Honda Civic and it could fit four people, man, pick up four three other people, take them to the polls, and make sure. We get somebody in office that is actually gonna be for the interest of the people because Correct. we know that Donald Trump clearly is not.
6: And in the event that like, you know, hope and peace and world peace doesn't in- encourage them, uh just lie and say that the Popeye's chicken sandwich is back. Well, and say go. that you organized and everything. That, that, that'll get it.
5: that'll get me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell
6: them that you know exactly where it is and that you've located it. You've located the weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's no time to retrieve it. So that's yes, another yes, way yes. Uh, for all your friends who are, um, you know, who, yes. need, who need a little more reinforcements. Uh, all right. Uh, Le- next one. Uh, this is just random. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to shout it out. Um, Le- in fact- Least,
5: first of all, Lisa Ray has been everybody's crush. Mm-hmm. Like everyone that's my age. Lisa Ray has been your crush at one, one time or another in your life. Okay. Okay. I've been crushing on Lisa Ray since i seen Players Club at the tender age of 12 years old. I've been crushing on Lisa Ray. Um, but she was crying. She's crowned. been ignoring you for about yeah, that same time. Well, you know. Her
6: whole life, though.
5: Someday, one day, <laughs> I will be big enough for me to to mention her on Twitter or Instagram and, and for her to see it and answer me. And then I'm going to rub it in your face, Addy. Oh, my God.
6: <laughs> oh, my God.
5: Look, she liked my comment. That's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs>
6: All right. So it's no, um, I was just trying to read through the story, but according to the source, uh, Lisa Ray was crowned mother, queen, uh, crowned queen mother of Ghana. So just a, a region in Ghana. Um, and uh, basically, okay. It was, um, it was started in the 17th century by the Ashanti people of Ghana. Uh, McCoy will reign over Ghana central region. The Chicago native earned this new regal title for humanity, her humanitarian efforts over the years and was handpicked by the paramount chief of a Ghana Quain Quanyako, Awagana Quanyako, um the Chiefs and the entire uh, kingdom traditional divisional councils. So um, it's no real it's no real clarity as far as like what her humanitarian work was. That's that was what I was actually curious about. Uh-huh. Um, but I did not see that. However, um, we do know Lisa Ray is not a stranger uh, to being you know in power. Uh, if you recall, she was the former former First Lady of the Turks and Caicos. Uh, from a previous marriage, so she knows how to reign. Okay, Yeah. she knows how to rule. Okay, so that's super dope. Like Le- Lisa Rae kind of honor.
5: Lisa Ray is one of the many, many examples of black don't crack unless, at all unless you smoke it. Uh, oh, <laughs> hmm. yeah. If you smoke crack, your yeah. black is gonna, you know, what I'm saying it's gonna break down on you. True. <laughs> true, true. But black don't crack unless you smoke it. And Lisa Ray is the exact example. One of the few, not, I shouldn't say few. There's no. many, many examples. Excuse me. Black women black are killing killing cracking. Yeah. Black women. Okay, yeah, men, straight up. Men are right
6: straight up, Well, men, men, have been, men have been doing We this need one. each other. <laughs> all
5: right, Un- Jerome. Wins yes. Emmy. Yes, man. Congrats to Jerelle Jerome, man. And, and if you don't know who Jerelle Jerome is, he played Corey Wise. And uh, when they see us, the documentary is a five part docuseries that came out on Netflix uh, and it was about the Central Park five now uh, known as the exonerated five. And Jarrell Jerome was the only actor in the movie. Uh, in the docu-series that played both young Corey Wise and he played, like, like uh, old Corey Wise as well. Mm-hmm. So he played throughout the movie, and he absolutely killed it. He did. The, like, he absolutely killed it. There's a bright future for this kid, and he 100%. won an Emmy, and he deserved every carrot of gold mm-hmm. of, of the, what that Emmy Award is made of.
6: Yes. Did you finish Um, When They See Us?
5: Yes, I did. Okay. And And, um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I you know I cried a little bit. Yeah, you know, what I'm you know I still uh, haven't finished it. I it's it's a to... lot. It's a yeah, lot to finish. I, I couldn't. It's a lot to finish.
6: Yeah, it was too hard for me.
5: No, and and, and and you know people that said like there's a lot of people that feel like yo I couldn't take it. Like yeah. I completely I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. Like I I forced myself to finish mm-hmm. it. And it's
6: something I'm a, I want to revisit when I'm stronger.
5: I don't think like for for what they went through for what even Corey Wise went through. I don't think you'll ever be strong enough to like you you just gotta like just watch it and and like whatever like emotions come out of you watching it it just has to be that but like you know for me like i'm a black man so you know we don't cry much uh (laughs) (laughs) but but for me to like watch the documentary and like like i really like like I shed a tear watching that Watching that drink Cause it's like man Still really emotional And then the thing about like Corey Wise Like the story of Like Corey was not even a suspect yeah. And he just went there to be a good friend And it's something that a lot of us Especially as men Like we we are loyal to, to the soil With mm-hmm. our boys oh, With, with the, our uh, homeboys
6: Yes Correct
5: yeah, we're not we're not gonna bring up all the other stuff not, with, with not girlfriends with women, and relationships. But, 100%. <laughs> but when it comes you're to are
6: our... so against homosexuality when obviously you'd be so much better at it.
5: we ahead. are look, when you <laughs> as a man, when you have a when you have a homeboy, when you have a friend, especially like if you grew up with them, whatever the case is, you are loyal to the soil. Like wherever you going, you might know in the back of your mind this is a bad idea, but I'm not gonna let him go through this by himself. And Corey was one of those people. He was loyal to the soil, and he ended up suffering the most out of the five of them. And you know, for for Gerald Jerome to kind of embody that in his acting, like he absolutely deserved this Emmy. And like I, I'm, I'm, I, I can't wait to see how many more awards they win from this book, like the five actors, or even him, that he wins from from his performance and, and just the opportunities that he gets mm-hmm. as an actor. Because of his performance in this docu series,
6: correct. I'm very much so looking forward to it. I'm very proud of this man, and I'm yeah, I'm I'm excited to see to see what's next. All right, um, we have Issa Rae producing um "Set It Off" remake. So shout out, shout out to Issa Rae. Yeah, man. she's been killing it. Like oh, she's OD, everywhere. OD she killing everywhere. It. Basically, you know, she was just like last year. She was like, all right, well. Insecure is not going to come back for like forever, uh, but in the meantime, she's been kicking ass with all of her movies. And as mad as we were, producing,
5: as mad writing. as we were that Insecure wasn't coming back, we know we all going to watch when it oh. does. <laughs> like, we, but of course, we know we going to watch it when it come back. Like <laughs> everyone's
6: just hitting her up to be like, "Excuse me, make it one hour, please." Yeah That 30 minutes. That's shit. on
5: HBO yeah. That's on HBO They need to Like whenever Like they need to give her an hour Like need, I, I, She needs an hour Yeah she absolutely that, does She has
6: stories to tell And so, an hour
5: is not even enough That's not it, it is like
6: Uh huh But she also has the Black Lady Sketch Show Which oh is Oh my gosh uh, Hila- Do you watch that show? Yeah it's been really funny Yo it's been Hilarious cool. mm-hmm. it's Hilarious been really cool. So I really I'm just excited To just see all these Amazing stories yes. of black women being Showcased on HBO mm-hmm. And just having opportunities For us to tell our stories um, Is super dope So just For her to take on this project And producing Set It Off I know that she's 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 not gonna make it trash That's one thing I know for no. a fact Now no. People have a lot of Mixed opinions
5: as, About As you. I do So
6: how about you yeah, share, share what your thoughts
5: are I don't about. I have mixed opinions About reboots And remakes mm-hmm. I don't like I don't doubt that Easter Ray is going to do a good job. But my issue is with these production companies and, uh, that, that I feel like they're getting a little bit lazy. Mm-hmm. It's like the guy who put, it's like, it's like DJ Cali. He put out his, his most recent album had a bunch of samples on it. That's a little bit lazy because you're not like thinking of coming up with a, original beats and you're mm-hmm. not coming up with original concepts. And so I feel like these movie, Studios are getting a little bit lazy. So they're just like, well, let me take something that came out in 1992 mm-hmm. or 1993 and let me remake it for 2019. And that's a little bit lazy because like the, the most of the idea is they already you just have to find a way to put a current spin on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't mind Issa Rae getting this opportunity because we definitely need more black voices and black creatives in Hollywood. So this is a great opportunity for her. I'm just not a fan of remakes and reboots mm-hmm. overall.
6: Yeah. I think I tend to like them when the like same characters play the role again. Yes. Like kind of like what they're trying to do with coming to America. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Where they have like the characters all coming back and you know since Black Don't Crack they all look really freaking good. Right. I'm saying, Everybody is right? amazing <laughs> so I'm just like I, of course they'll probably update the story. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be a kid involved you yeah. know who like Maybe be the protagonist, but it'll be nice to see, you know, that the storyline still kind of is centered around Mm -hmm. the characters that we are familiar with. Because everybody likes to see, you know, what happened. What happened 20 years later? Even though we know that these people live their lives and are not these actual characters, we love being lied to. And (laughs) that's the best part about (laughs) watching television is that we all know that this is a lie. But we are so invested.
5: Y'all women do love (laughs) being lied to.
6: (laughs) We'll get on that. We'll get to that. Um... We'll get to that next oh, next okay. Segment, the next segment. So No,
5: but but shout out to Issa Rae, man. Yes. Shout out
6: to Mike Boo. Yes, uh, man.
5: And and the reason that she took took a year off from Insecure was because she had all this stuff in the works. Did Yeah, and, and you don't want to overwhelm yourself. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is be overwhelmed and half ass some, something. Like, you know what I'm saying? You want to give your all into everything. And mm-hmm. um I I of course because I'm so eager. Because of the way Insecure ended last season, I wanted it to come back this summer. But, hey, with Power ending, I'll take Insecure next summer. Because we don't know when Power, when the second um, Power Book 2 is going to come back. Mm. So we don't know when that's going to come back. We don't know if they're going to take a year off, two years off, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to Insecure. And I'm so happy for Issa Ray because she started off as awkward black girl on yeah. YouTube.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: Like she was like, y'all not gonna give me opportunity. I'm gonna create an opportunity for yep. myself, That's and it turned energy. into all this stuff. Yep. So I'm happy for her getting opportunities to produce, getting opportunities to be on the big screen. Like I'm just so happy for her. It's and amazing. I, I just love seeing black women win. Yo, you know what it's saying? just
6: awesome to see that kind of perseverance. Yes, and, um, absolutely. Because it's hard, you know. Like just as somebody who's in the trenches, right yeah. as we speak, trying to get myself to where I want to be. Just building that stamina to just continue to push forward mm-hmm. and to believe in yourself, despite you know. I'm sure money was low with her when she was working on it. I'm sure people were flaking oh, yeah. out, oh, not coming to things. The same. I think you and, you you stuff, and I both know, it. like when, yeah, you, when you're trying to do something like, at the
5: at the ground it level. People. Yeah, it requires people. And you might not have the funding or whatever the case is, but it requires people who just have a level of commitment and a level of belief in what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And you have to believe it too. Yeah, exactly. So they can. Yeah.
6: And, and despite all of the reasons why I'm sure she probably like could have given up and why anyone Mm would have thought it would be reasonable for her to give up. Yeah. It's amazing to see that she was able to, you know, translate this into something so um, monumental because guess what? Now she's prepared, right? Like she's, these are. This isn't something like she. She wasn't. She didn't walk into this opportunity. No, not at uh, all. And no. then now has to like think about a million things. She, and now
5: she is booked and busy.
6: You know, How because she, girl, my girl got ideas. Like she's been doing it. She does this.
5: Look, look, y'all, this. y'all, black women out here again, booked and busy. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, well,
6: shit, because you know, niggas and, busy and, yo, on us. 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 Niggas, <laughs> niggas, niggas busy cheating on us. <laughs> murdering
5: us 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 niggas got a small window of opportunity to lie to her and waste her time like this is it's getting (laughs) out of hand the door
6: is closed (laughs) the door is closed
5: man you got about you got about like uh, two weeks to to prove yourself to a woman now if she want to continue dating you or or carrying on with your issues or whatever the case is man (laughs) because y'all getting booked and busy out here you know what i'm saying like we, we got to step it up all right. You
6: already know. You already
5: know. All right, but that's it for our shout-outs, man. Um Oh,
6: that's it.
5: Yeah, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with our trending topics. Uh do remember we got Shy Lizzie coming up on the, you know, on this program, so make sure you stay locked in. We got a debut record on Ben Talks oh, today, man. I, you already know. Yeah, come on, Addy I'm very connected in this oh underground music community. Don't We do
6: stop that. sending this man music. <laughs> He listen, his head his head is getting too big for the studio. Listen,
5: man, I got a I got some connections. He's stretching and, out
6: the headphones.
5: <laughs> I got some connections in the South, man. Uh, no, listen, I like what I'm hearing out of out of the Carolinas right okay. now. Okay? okay. Um, and we got a, a record that's that's debuting right here on Ben Talks, man. This is called "Pennies on a Dollar" by the guy mm-hmm. Solomon. Uh, we also got another record called "Run It" by Chief Ray. Um, and uh we also got another record called Clips on Clips by Mikhail. These are three records that's debuting, that's just dropping today. Oh, right here on Ben Talks. Bullshit. So do not go anywhere, stay locked in. We got trending topics coming up next. Yeah. Pennies on the dollar by the guy Solomon. Shout out to the Carolina, shout out to Soul Food Records, shout out to Mikhail, and shout out to Chief Ray, big chief. All right. You know what I'm saying? We'll be right back Right here on Ben Talks Do not go anywhere
7: <sighs> How
0: the fuck am I supposed to get rich When this job can barely pay rent And all my money spent on chasing rap dreams The American train Though it seem to keep a nigga broke Like I'm a joke keep like bitch, I'm coming up. I know my rap's nice. I spent long nights perfecting rhymes. Like I'm next in line, kicking mad game to caress your mind. I'm a 93 baby. My game slide in the average. I was just an adolescent. Soaking up game and hindsight. I've been preparing for this day. Like my papa always say, the way you make your bed, remember, you gotta lay in. I stuffed the match with dreams, that money can't buy. Don't get it twisted, you can see it in my eyes. No, I'm all about a dollar, pop my collar, make them holler from the cradle to the grave. No, I kept it clear. And I'm gon' grind until the day I die. And I'll be damned if a nigga don't shine. I gotta get mine, I put it all on the lines. They been sleeping on the kid, I wake them up, I'm right on time. I do this for my niggas on the block, get the dope. I do this for my sisters, know your mind made a go. I do this for my people worldwide across the globe. Throw your hands in the sky, let them know, let them know. I pull it from the ground and got it all. Trying to right my wrongs, Lord knows it's been a long time coming in this marathon. A moment of silence for Nipsey Hussle, thinking to myself, like, man, they took a real life. Before I die, I led you leave a legacy behind for my children. That's the knowledge and the power I was given. That's the generation mission statement. You can find my footprints on the pavement. I've been walking, talking up the days like my payday coming. I can feel it in my stomach. It's more than just hunger. I got problems to conquer. They gave my brother a number and locked him up in the system. I rolled another. Like a match and cast catch fire, hold my light into the sky and burn the house down. I pack the house out, you know the vibe. Get your hype and bring the house down. I want it right now. Streaming is my time, I want it right now. I want it and right I'm gon' cry until the day I die. And I'll be damned if I get. Don't shine, I gotta get mine, I put it all on the lines They been sleeping on the kid, I wake 'em up, I'm right on time. I do this for my niggas on the block, getting dope. I do this for my sisters. know your mind made a go. I do this for my people worldwide across the globe. Throw your hands in the sky, and let them know, let them know. For my niggas on the block, getting in low. I do this for my sisters, know your mind made it go. I do this for my people worldwide across the globe. Throw your hands in the sky. Let know, let know. I do this for my niggas on the block, get low. I do this for my sisters, know your mind made it go. I do this for my people worldwide across the globe.
3: Don't clips, like fangs, I'm mean. Talk my shit, I drip, whole seeds. Left my bitch, but I know she still fiend. When I come back, she won't let a nigga be. Cause feel flex, cause the boy been decent. Ice my fist, cause I'm colder than you Hotter than a summer, bitch, I'm hotter than a demon. And I got your bitch on Snapchat, streaking. Let a nigga be. Let a nigga smash, I'm going the door for the gang. I'ma put her on a dash, cause the whole scene. Cause I got all the drives, so we straight free. I'ma tell her that she matter like my nigga me. Then I pass her ass over to my bro D We gon' bust that bitch down like a victory Roll the clips up, nigga, that's a whole sleep I like split spliff my nigga, that's a clip on tip Ice fangs, I'm eatin' Talk my shit, I drip ho season Left my bitch, but I know she still fiend. When I come back, she gon' let a nigga be God feel flex, cause a boy been beast Ice my fist, cause I'm colder than you Zealand Hotter than the summer, bitch, I'm hotter than a demon. I like got your bitch on Snapchat streaking Let a nigga be Let a nigga smash, I'ma do it for the gang I'ma put her on a dash cause my whole scene Tessa got her all the drives, so we straight free I'ma tell her that she mad like my nigga me. Then I pass her ass over to my bro D We gon' bust that bitch down like a victory Roll the clips up, nigga, that's a whole split Split my nigga that's a clip, so clips, ice fangs, I'm beatin', Talk my shit, I drip, hoof seas. left my bitch, but I know she's still fiend. When I come back, she won't let a nigga be. Got feel flex, cause a boy been beast. Ice my wrist, cause I'm colder than you seen. Hotter than a summer bitch, I'm hotter than a demon. And I got your bitch on Snapchat streakin'. Chief.
7: What's so. up? Fuck this, I'm dropping
4: out of selling drugs 17-5, just like that Migo plug could it easy when it took that route For some points in this game called clout, I'm much deeper and Niggas say I'm killing they vibes, the Grim Reaper
8: Cause I ain't trying to kill or rob or seem streeter More like I'm trying to build and grow and even
4: teach it And yes, best believe it's a test on that Writer's block had me down bad But I beat it and I bounced back So, yeah Praise them, hallelujah Tryna lay a couple hot raps For the people with the backpacks The keepers of the
8: I'm music Sometimes gotta take it through a real low place yeah. For you to see the light
4: And I'm knowing days is kind of song I'm living every day Like I chest life stack something Shady like on the set And the candy paint with. What the fuck you niggas think? I'm out here tryna run it up Hey I'm out here tryna run it Run it Sometimes got take you through a real low place For you to see the light And I'm knowing that it's a candle kind of Like I cherish life, shaggy all the Shelly on the set And the candy paint, what the fuck you niggas think? I'm out here trying to run it up Hey, I'm out here trying to run it Run it, run it, run it. I'm 25 years where does time go? Uh, I remember going hard up a Central. Shot my nigga Packs. Lord knows we got stories we got for the run. I got the boot off camp downhill. Uh, now I got a journey to class. It got real. Got, Left Bull City and made my way to the hill. Ay, Alabama and Yonan, yeah that changed my life. Fast forward, I'm a Jedi Knight. Power to the people. If you scared, run up in the steeple. I heard that praying for the promise. I'ma take it. What would Jesus do? Uh, God willing, I'ma conquer every avenue uh, God, God giving, I'ma share every word And sometimes God take it to a real low place, low place. Yeah. For you to see the light yeah. And I'm knowing days of candy, so I'm living every day And you know all my days, like our chest, like stacks something yeah. Chevy on the set, and the game yeah. What the fuck you yeah. niggas think? I'm out here trying to run it up Gotta take you through a real low place, place For you to see the light, see the light. And I'm knowing that it's a candle So I'm living that day on my day Like, I cherish, life like I cherish life stacks on the deck Sheddy on the scent And the paint wet What the fuck you niggas think? I'm out here trying to run it
5: Frey run it Ooh. Mm-hmm. Those, those, those were all Those were all singles that debuted Today, mm-hmm. right now On the show Cause, cause that's, 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 that's That's how I do, you know what I'm saying Listen Addy, I, I know you don't think so But I'm a little bit of a big deal Out here, oh. you know what I'm saying Oh I thought you was about to Shit on me after I said that that's... <laughs> What's going on
6: Nothing Oh, Just help me pull up that clip.
5: Oh, got you. Um, yes. Yeah, so we're back right here, live on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's Ben Talks with your boy Ben Lewis, the best in the world, and of course,
6: oh, your girl Addy the Baddie. Still bad, you know. I'm trying, honestly. It's, I'm slipping. I'm
5: not mm-hmm. gonna lie.
6: <laughs> it's too hard to be a bad bitch, and honestly, once it's not warm, it's not hardly any incentive. Listen,
5: being a bad, being a bad joint is is in your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's it's in Good. your mind. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's not. Uh, it, it, it's 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 not like someone has to. Someone doesn't have to dub you as a bad joint. You know I mean, what I'm
6: saying? saying? I dub myself. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a very hard job to keep up with. So you know, mm-hmm. pray for me. Pray for me. Um, there's a there's a lot of really young people. And it feels like they're getting younger and making me relevant. <laughs> nah, I'm playing. I'll never be. That.
5: Oh, don't, don't say that about yourself Come on now <laughs> So uh, we're going to
6: get into trending topics soon Yes, we are uh, back so with our trending topics We have Benji over here helping us pull up some clips But we're going to start, we're going to touch on uh, Fat Joe Fat Joe, a very controversial um, figure in our uh, this week in our hip-hop culture because Yeah, exactly he made some comments um, on Latinos uh, this past week That yes. have um, been long-term long Long subject to debate by often, oftentimes by a lot of people in the Latino community on yes. the question of blackness and their a relationship to blackness. So, yes. Um, so, um,
5: yeah. I, it looks like he, this was when he was on Hot 97, mm-hmm. right? He was on Ebro in the Morning. Correct. Um, and this is the comments that, that he had to say: All the
8: music is African, Brazilian music, all of it, Dominican music, uh, Spanish drums, all the music is African music. So, you know, you getting on the Afro beat now. I've been in Africa. They've been doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? It ain't new. All the music is African. You know what I'm saying? But you right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even in, in Puerto Rico, when you go to uh, uh, Caribbean, like, let's, let's speak about Latinos not being black. Latinos are black. Mm-hmm. In Cuba, at one time, there was 8 million Cubans, 5 million unfortunately were slaves 3 million were actual Cubans and they integrated and had babies same thing with Puerto Rico when you go to Los Loisa and when you talk about Santeria that came from the motherland Africa you know uh, sometimes Latinos might even identify themselves with African and black culture more than black people Mm -hmm. this ain't no crazy thing Fat Joe ain't on crack he know what he talking about Something.
5: All right, so that was Fat Joe's comments on, um, or, you know, basically all Latins like being, being black, like mm-hmm. having ties to to Africa,
6: mm-hmm.
5: and um, I just want to get your your thoughts on these.
6: Yeah, so I mean, I think um, I'm happy that he spoke on that. I think it's something that like you haven't really seen until more recently. I would say over the past five to ten years, you've been seeing a lot more Latinos like claim, I would like claim like African roots and culture. I think for a long time, it was like very stigmatized, kind of like, I know that in um a lot of Latin cultures, there's this term called mejor la, la raza, which is like, how do we improve the race and better Hard? the race by mean? making oh, the race means. less black. So that's like a thing that's like very oh, wow. much so like across like Latin cultures, like, um you know, being black was a symbol of shame, just kind of how it, how it is here often, how, how it was here in this country as well. But I think that the more like people are coming into understanding of their history, really, a lot of it is just, you know, the oppressors can tell the stories, right? The, the oppressors have the right to tell the story and the history of the people. But the more that people emancipate themselves and really see things for what they are, see the culture for what it is, they, they begin to understand their roots and their connection to it. And I think that this is a, this was a controversial topic um, because there's definitely a lot of like there's a number of things I do want to address here. Uh, mm-hmm. Number one, not all Latinos are black. Yes. So that's just, that's, true. that's fundamentally not true. Um, but there are many who are right. So like there are many countries that have Latinos where if they trace their like lineage and sometimes they don't have to trace it, they're they're just black. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, been, it's yeah. very obvious. Um, but in many cultures, there's a lot of that kind of like, you know, mixing and whatnot that came to create the race and to create the culture. Um, so that's very that's valid, but not all Latinos are black. So I'm I'm looking at you, white Cubans who voted for uh, Trump. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at y'all now. You, now you, we're not talking about you, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly, right. So like, I do want to make that distinction because there are a lot of white Latinos who do feel some proximity to blackness and kind of overstep their boundaries. And I do want to let y'all know to like really make space, particularly for the Afro Latinos, especially because from what I can, what I know from my Afro Latino friends they feel very oppressed by you. <laughs> so they don't feel, like, empowered. They don't feel supported. They don't feel like, oh, because you're white and Latina, that you make space, mm-hmm. or by and large, make space for people who are not white and Latina. So I do want to point that out. Um, but then also the o- the other controversial piece of, like, black people feeling like, oh, growing up, I felt like a lot of Latinos felt like they were better than me. Or, like, I felt like they try to distance themselves from black people, or they right. try to... Da, da, da. So, you know, you hear a lot of those things kind of come into surface. I think there's a lot of things that conversations we just never had. Right. I don't believe that just because maybe a Latino person said something to me back then in a the day that they can't claim their roots. Like, I don't think that that's a That's, yeah, a, right. <laughs> uh, that's a fair consequence. I think it's important that people embrace, you know, their identity, um, but also recognize their privilege within the space that they occupy. Right. Because if you don't necessarily present as black, then your life and experiences are very different than yeah. somebody who does. But it doesn't mean that your participation in a culture um, Or your participation in uh, love for your culture Needs to be then diminished Because you don't necessarily present that way So I think there's a lot of complexities When we talk about race um, Because remember, race is a made-up thing Um, Race is actually not even a real thing It was just really a way for, uh, you know White people to make black people feel bad Yeah, (laughs) yeah, right And when you think about it, a lot of countries It's America that really made race a thing Like um, many other cultures Identify by their nationality um, identify by uh, you know their Culture more mm-hmm. so than their their actual Skin color but uh, so Even though race in and of itself is not a real thing It has become a real thing because of the meaning And the value that and the history That has been put into it and in all of the Ways that like social interactions have reinforced That meaning so I think it's all really Complicated and, I, and I'm, I'm so happy uh, Fat Joe spoke so eloquently yeah, he did, About yeah. uh, all of that because like what he said About there being a lot of Latinos who Are more in tune with African right. culture than black people in this country. 100% true. Yes. When I go to uh, Cuba, when I go to, um, Brazil, when I go to, you know, places that are not, and I'm African, right? Yeah. They're practicing the Yoruba religion, the religion that was the native religion for my people. I'm Yoruba, but we, you know, my family, um, practices, um, Islam practices, um, Christianity and all of that. Um, because that's like the colonizer's, religion right and that's like what became the default in the country so it's 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 a lot harder to find a lot of people now these days in Nigeria who even practice the Yoruba culture and religion but you go to a lot of Latin American countries you're gonna find that so I think that's a really great point to also identify and highlight so what he's saying about the music the culture 100% true and I'm, I'm happy that this is being kind of brought to surface
5: Yeah, for sure, man. And and I'm glad that he, he, um, someone who is, who's identified as like Hispanic for Mm -hmm. his whole career kind of brought this to the forefront. Um, there's one thing he he said that wasn't a lot. I, I went to Puerto Rico like two years ago, mm-hmm. and I seen a lot of dark skinned brothers walking around over there. Yeah, you know, all right, like so, you know,
6: like you. <laughs> yeah,
5: exactly. These cats look like me, and and a lot of a lot of times they do carry themselves, and they do you know walk around as if they are better than than black folks, and that is an issue that I've always had with the uh, Latino community is that some of them, whilst like they they love to kind of. Uh, identify as part of our culture. Mm-hmm. They love to kind of use the slang that we use. Uh, there's, there, there's some of the biggest abusers of the word nigga. <laughs> and when it comes down to it, you ask them if they black. No, I ain't black. No, I ain't black. Like, you got to choose.
7: Yeah.
5: You know what I'm saying? You, you can't want to use the good parts of our culture. Yeah. And and, and not and, yeah, and just discard the rest. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that. So I think Fat Joe did a good job of of bringing this this to light. And letting a lot of Latinos know, like, yo, like, a lot of your culture, a lot of the things that, you know, it's it's like, as far as music goes, you Mm -hmm. got it from black people. You got it from Africans. So
6: the best parts of your culture
5: originate
6: and are rooted in African culture. And so we are so much more connected than we're not. Exactly. You know, like, that's the thing about, like, you know, being oppressed is that you create magic out of oppression. And that's fundamental to what blackness is. So it's like every single thing, your food, everything, mm-hmm. right? Like all of that is 100%. I promise you, 100% came from the slaves. Yeah. You know, came from the people who were the most oppressed within your space um, to create that magic and that beauty. Yeah. Certainly not the white people who had power. They were not doing that. No. Um, when they came to not colonize though. these countries, they <laughs> were not. They were taking spices and ignoring them. And they were not using them, <laughs> and they left them in the cupboard. And, and the slaves them. found them and used them. <laughs> like, so. But you know, they, oh, they have nothing man. to do with the seasoning in your food. No. They have nothing to do with the rhythm in your music. <laughs> um, black people do. So it's a, and and I think the next step here is like, how do you show up for our communities too? Right? Because we're mm-hmm. we're all supposed to be interconnected. Like, how do we really like make sure that that's a thing? And we start to discard those kind of old principles of um, that have been kind of beaten into us. Because I I take it less personally these days now that Mm -hmm. I'm older, because I see it as like I don't see it as, oh, this individual Latino person is like racist or or like not racist, but like prejudiced towards me or is using their like lighter skin privilege or whatever against me. I more so see it as now like we've all been so miseducated. Right. We've all been so miseducated, um, but when now that we have the opportunity to learn more, like what do we do with what we what we understand, and how do we make space for the marginalized, and how do, um, and how do we show up for one another? So
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. man. So um, uh, all right. So moving on. um, Yes. This Takashi Six Nine case has gotten very, very, very interesting over the past like couple weeks and, and days that. He's been in court, you know. Obviously, he agreed to testify and work with the feds and this and the third, or uh, well, I mean, whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> 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 now he's telling; he's been telling. Um, but one of the interesting things that's taken place, like throughout this this uh, court court case, was the use of his rap lyrics. Yes. In his um in, in the trial against him.
6: Yes, I do want to touch on this because i i ran into this article mm-hmm. last week and now
5: this is not something that is is new to to law enforcement like they they have long like anytime that they're, they're like they there is a, a hip-hop artist on the mm-hmm. stand like um not on the stand but on trial they're going to use the their rap lyrics against them like mm-hmm. this is not a new thing
6: right um but the the worst part about this though is that like this is the only genre of music where they do this yes, right like so exactly. they they're not going to go to like you know, um, or Britney Spears, uh, my loneliness is killing me. You committed suicide? Yeah, <laughs> right,
5: exactly. <laughs> is no, yeah. They evidence They absolutely use hip hop. But they use hip hop
6: yeah. as evidence again. Hip hop is a creative art form. And yes, it's an art form that's inspired by reality. And for many people, it's an uh, art form that may be just a direct narration of that reality. Right. But either way, that is so circumstantial to me, in my opinion, and especially for it to be used. Particularly to incarcerate Black and Latino yeah. men, you know, I think like that's something that's very unique uh, to this culture, and I think it's something that's really weird, and I think kind of needs to stop because I yeah. like unless they're going to start doing that to everybody else, like I don't really see why that like like and of course I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to hold you because some of these niggas are really dumb. They sit there and confess in their songs.
5: YNW Melly, <laughs> who is 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 used as an example in this article. Yeah he dropped that song murder on my mind and it, right. and it is such a beautifully uh sang confession mm-hmm. like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like he talks about the guy bleeding on his t-shirt mm-hmm. and him closing his homie's eyes and and getting shocked and that's why he shot. Ch- like
6: yeah it's like gas it's basically gaslighting the jurors essentially right it's exactly like already you know that the jury is going to be assembled by a lot of folks who don't look like you and they're going to be the ones making decisions. So if you think about like the general appearance of a rapper, it is synonymous with that of this fictional thug that, you know, that it, that haunts the minds of Caucasian Americans to make them feel as though there's like this thug in the night, haunting them and raping them and their children and everything. And it just kind of only gives like fodder to that whole mentality So I just want to read this particular quote from The New Yorker. Mm -hmm. Um, The admissibility of rap lyrics and videos as evidence is often framed as a legal matter. But in reality, it's about race. By introducing the work of a rapper into the courtroom, prosecutors are relying on racism to do its job, insisting that those in the courtroom accept as fact the worst kinds of stereotypes about this music and the people who make it. We live in a time when music videos are treated as irrefutable evidence in court, but in real life, but real life cell phone footage of police officers killing unarmed mm persons is met with skepticism and suggestion Whew. that we should doubt our eyes mm-hmm. The hypo- hypocrisy relies on racist ideas in both cases but who deserves their rights in humanity
5: what's the name of this good brother at the new yorker that wrote this article i need to know mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> yo it. but that oh, hit the you assume nail. It was a man it was Miss uh,
6: brianna younger well well then no. again i should assume she's a woman too <laughs> look this is the 21st century we ain't assuming shit
5: yeah exactly they Uh, i don't know i don't know what pronoun she identifies with you choose they um, as a
6: blanket (laughs) i don't mind being called they i am plural as fuck
5: but that that quote was absolutely spot on Mm -hmm. because like you mentioned and like they said like they're just relying on racism to do its job Mm -hmm. oh because you rapped about it because you mentioned it in a song that means it's absolute fact Mm -hmm. when for example. In country music, they talk about pounding a bunch of beers right. and then getting behind the wheel of their pickup truck and driving. Right? Are you going to go to these these country artists at their homes and arrest them for DUIs? Exactly. No, you're going to say, "Oh, that's just music." But when it comes to rap, when it comes to hip hop, mm-hmm. you're going to take these these lyrics that these hip hop artists spit, and they're gonna they're gonna take it as actual facts, and that does, that's not that doesn't mean it's necessarily right. Yeah, that's that's not necessarily right. Like they they probably shouldn't like it's not necessarily right. They shouldn't take rap lyrics and and take it as as you know, actual facts when in fact like we see videos like mentioned in this article of police officers shooting unarmed black men mm-hmm. and shooting on and 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 harming unarmed black women and they're getting away with it. Yep. And people are able to kind of argue the facts that they're seeing. In this video But when it comes to Music videos When it comes to Hip hop artists It's like Oh well he said this In his rap So it must be true Oh he had guns In his video So it must be true
6: Right And who cares if it's true It, it ain't, It's not legally permissible And if we're talking About the law And all of that shit by your same book Let's keep it consistent Right So um, Yeah Anyway uh, Let's move on But I did want to Point that out And I think it's a Really great point That yeah. Miss Brianna Younger From uh from the New Yorker uh wrote. So shout yeah, out, shout to, out, Bri- shout out Le- to Brianna. Shout out to Brianna out Younger. Out to Let Brianna me not pro- pro- I have this wow, I am problematic. I am heteronormative. Um I keep on prefixing it with uh gendered pronoun or gendered salutation.
5: Well you it just, is Brianna you, Younger you just confused from New me, Yorker. So uh
6: <laughs> I'm look, I'm undoing the layers or whatever. All right, okay. Anyway next story we have oh this one's so interesting. I'm really 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 excited about this one. Right. Okay. Um, I do wish we had a white person for this conversation. Uh, here in the here in the building. So if you're white, uh can call in, what's the number? <laughs> 718-928-9732. Yes.
5: Or if you just have an opinion on what we talk about yes. overall, you can just call in. If you in. want to
6: speak on behalf of the white race, yeah. you can also call in as well.
5: <laughs> but uh Courtney Kardashian is taking a stand against the use of corporal punishment when disciplining children. Yes. Uh while Sunday night's episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians aired, the mother of 3 shared her perspective on Twitter about the fight that ensued between herself, Scott Disick, and mother Chris Jenner's boyfriend, Corey Gamble, about physic- physically disciplining her and Disick's seven-year-old daughter, Penelope. The drama started after the reality star mentioned she and Disick were having behavioral problems with Penelope. Things escalated when Gamble suggested spanking Penelope. She and Disick were both very much against the idea, and Kardashian explained that she believed physical discipline is never the answer. Okay. <sighs>
6: So I think he says something like I would whoop her ass If she scratched me in the face So it basically Penelope Hey look
5: my mama And my pops will whoop my ass mm-hmm. If I scratch them in the face too Right Penelope so. uh, <laughs> a,
6: a, a babysitter of theirs Had quit And it seems They've been through many babysitters mm-hmm. And um and so I guess She had scratched this latest one And the woman had quit And he was And Corey just offered his opinion Into the conversation About what he would do If Penelope, Penelope scratched him in the face Now Penelope is 7 years old She's not a baby I just want to point that right, out exactly he's not a baby so my thing uh, my thing I, I have a, I have a few thoughts on this um that I do want to start but I don't want to go down this road yet without hearing your opinion so go ahead
5: um my opinion like okay so I thought he's okay it's, it's I'm, I'm on two sides of this because okay. like I, I know what it's like to get your ass whooped as a kid. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I I'm pretty sure maybe all of us in this room know how, know what that's like. Oh, you don't. It um, don't
6: seem like you you been. So, I I've got I've you seem got wayward.
5: <laughs> I've I've gotten whoopings. I still have to um, rear you
6: here in the studio.
5: <laughs> no, but um, I think I don't I don't I don't believe I, I didn't see the episode, but I don't believe that this is something that should have gotten and escalated to a huge argument. And look. Your, your daughter is putting hands on people now, um, that she has no right to put hands on. Like you're hiring a babysitter. This person's just supposed to watch your child. Now your, your child is scratching their face. How many times are you going to talk to them? Yeah. Like there's a saying in West Indian. I don't know if, if, uh, in Nigeria, they have the same saying, What you don't hear, you're going to feel <laughs> like, how, like, did they ever sit her yeah. down and say, don't put your hands on people? Or does she think that she's that privileged mm-hmm. that she can do whatever the hell she wants and get away with it? And sometimes, Especially in that situation, uh, saying, okay, we're not going to physically punish our children. They might feel like they might get to a point where they could feel like, oh, all the worst that's going to happen to me is a talking to. Mm -hmm. And I know that I stayed away from a lot of shit and I didn't get into a lot of stuff because I knew if I got into this, I would get my ass whooped. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want my ass whooped. So I stayed away from it. Mm -hmm. If the worst that you had to worry about as a child was a talking to. How many of us out there, how many of you listeners would have stayed away from some of the most dangerous, most problematic things if we knew that the worst that was going to happen to you was a lecture? A lot of us would have went ahead with it because we can all take a lecture. We can all sit there and, and listen, listen to our parents talk to us until we're, they're blue in the face, until we're blue in the face, and then they walk out the room and say, all right, I'm glad we can come to an understanding, Johnny, and walk out. But if you knew that you was going to get your ass whooped, that curbed a lot of the negative and horrible behavior. So when it, if Penelope is putting her hands on grown adults, and I didn't even know this before we came into the show. Penelope is putting her hands on grown adults. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't put your hands on people. Yeah. If she continues this behavior, she's going to be a teenager. She's going to be an adult. She's going to put her hands on somebody. And they are going to whoop her rich ass mm-hmm. back to next week. Mm-hmm. And so she needs to learn early on, like, yo, you don't need to put your hands on people. Yeah. Like, you put your hands on people, then you need to expect that they're going to put their hands back on you.
6: Yeah. All right. So my thoughts on this are, and thank you, oh, Sharon. Yeah. Of course. Um, Because I definitely agree with a lot of your points. Um, So personally, we talked a little bit about this last week or maybe two weeks ago, just right. about the use of corporal punishment, particularly in, like, black families mm-hmm. and homes and just kind of some of the, like, long-term consequences of what that could look like mm-hmm. if taken out of proportion.
5: No, go ahead. Sorry, I just I just hit the mic with okay. my headphones. Your,
6: head, your, head, your head is expanding. I know, right? <laughs> Knocking in the mic and everything. Yeah. Um, but the long-term consequences of that type of corporal punishment, particularly mm-hmm. when taken in excess, can have on like the actual um mental and emotional development of a young person. Um, so you know, for me, my general stance is like I it's not beating children is not something that I like see as like necessarily funny or I see as like something I personally look forward to having to uh, do or or, or or think about. Right. Um, you know, so so that's definitely my perspective. Uh, but at the same time, my thing too is also like one of the cool things about like maybe being rich or being successful uh, that like a lot of black families, uh, like low income, like Latino, like minority families don't necessarily have access to is like that time, right? That it takes to be able to sit down with your kid, to be able to like guide them through the lessons and uh, and, and how to navigate this world in an appropriate way A lot of times what you see in a lot of families That take advantage of that corporal punishment right. Is like you know The mom dad are working real late hours You know they don't really have the time By the time they come home it's like yeah. Why is the chicken not out of the freezer Like why are you, why are you fighting with your, with your Brothers and sisters and I'm sitting here working my ass off To feed you right yeah. So it becomes that like, a lot of it is out of frustration And not necessarily having the time to break down everything um, So here we have a family that that has the time, right. That like has like, and I'm not saying like, I feel like all kids are different. So I'm not even judging them for their parenting because I don't know how they, I don't know what kind of parents they are from what I see on the, t- on the television. It seems like, um, Courtney seems to be a, like, she really takes motherhood seriously. Yeah. Um, but I think that's part of what I think we need to like, kind of think of, think of parenting more proactively and less reactively. Like how can I proactively instill skills and the mentality within you so that, that kid knows that I would never put my hands on anybody. Right. Like, was that lesson taught? Right. Because if you're not if you're going to go the route of not putting your hands on your kid yeah. and that's just not an option, then it's like there has to be extreme concerted cultivation of that child to make sure that they understand and they evaluate their choices. They understand and evaluate the type their morality and the type of person that they they should be in this world. They should be aware of their privilege. They should be aware of how their actions uh, how their actions speak to their privilege. Those are things that should be reinforced in the household, so that when they go out into the into the streets and when they like deal with people, they know that I'm not your, like not everyone's your mom is going to get an ass beating by you like just because they want to avoid hitting you. I think that's an opposite extreme because yeah. what they're doing on the opposite end is not disciplining that kid, right? And then we have a lot of real frustrated white people in America who uh, with, with access to the wrong weapons you know, end up doing a lot of shit that affects a lot of people's lives. Yeah. So my thing is like, I don't, I don't, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Cause I don't, I don't revel in the idea of corporal punishment. I don't think it's necessary for everybody. I know a lot of well-adjusted people who've never got their hands put on them. In fact, they're better off than me because they really believe in themselves. They never really had to second guess themselves. Like they grew up in an environment where they were really taught how, and they were taught why they were wrong. They were, It was explained to them. They took those lessons into becoming better people, and they're really solid in who they are. So I've seen it happen. Um, But because it was paired with real concerted cultivation, it was paired with this is your action. Let me explain it to you. This is, but not only reactively. Like before we get to the place of you putting your hands on somebody else, before that, I'm already telling you. I'm already instilling in you the type of person that you should be, the type of person that the type of ways that you should be carrying yourself in this world. So that these things don't happen And these things don't become a factor That's how I see it
5: Yeah for sure man Um, she, But like if, if she thinks that this behavior is is okay Then mm-hmm. clearly they're not talking to her Like the way that they need to be talking Absolutely. to her Absolutely Like, I yeah, mean, you, they're
6: hitting her in the face Did you see that? Oh, Did you see the clip? No
5: Both I did Both of
6: her kids were sitting And hitting her in the face
5: Yeah so <laughs> so, so you're letting them get away with stuff And yeah. they, you let them get away with stuff Cause like oh I don't wanna punish my kids I mm-hmm. don't Like if you're not gonna hit them You, know, you could talk like Okay, I'm not saying like some people feel different ways about spanking, Mm -hmm. but I could talk to you like harshly and and let you know like, yo, that's not okay because X, Y and Z. Because I know for me, like when I when it gets to the point that I have children, I am going to explain to them until I'm blue in the face Mm -hmm. why they shouldn't do X, Y, Z, because I know that that was something that my parents didn't necessarily always do for me. Mm -hmm. It was just like they didn't always explain to you why you shouldn't do this, why you shouldn't do that. They just said, oh, don't do it because I said so. Oh, you did this, and I said that you shouldn't, I'm going to beat you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to explain to my kids why you shouldn't exhibit certain behaviors, why you shouldn't act certain ways, and why you shouldn't do certain things. Now, if I've talked to you several times, and you're still like, now I've explained to you Mm
7: -hmm.
5: why you shouldn't do things, and you sat there and looked at me and said, I understand why, but you continue to do it. Like, how else, like, what else am I supposed to do as a parent? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and they have the luxury of, they're probably going to end up making her take some sort of counseling and and some sort of therapy. But not everybody has that luxury. Not everybody's going to be able to say, oh, let me get therapy for my kid because she likes to put hands on adults. Like, that's not, that's not the norm.
6: Right. Because it's the other layer too, right? Of like, how would you feel, how would you feel about, I guess, maybe a family member or somebody, a friend or whatever like physically disciplining your child. How, how do you feel about that? Because that was, I mean, because that that's what this called about. Like, yeah. you know, for me, I don't know. For me, I, I I wouldn't like that at all. Because to me, the type of parent that I see myself as is someone who's going to take my job very seriously. Yeah. So I, you know, I remember growing up and like having like my friend, like my mom's friends, like try to like discipline me in weird ways. And right. like, and it was just more so, and it, it just felt like I always felt like an overstep of boundaries. Like you could have just told my mom. Yeah, like right like there. friends, <laughs> you know, friends,
5: like, absolutely not. Yeah, but I will say this on record: any I have five other siblings. Any one of the five of them have carte blanche to whoop my <laughs> kids' ass if they acting crazy. <laughs> right, and both my parents have carte blanche to whoop my kids' ass <laughs> if they acting crazy. Okay. If they if they are straight disrespecting adults, they're disrespecting authority, mm-hmm. they're not listening. And I'm not saying like from the first offense, you just start whooping on them. If you try to talk to them several, several times, all right? Mm-hmm. If if you are one of their four aunties, my one of my four sisters, or their uncle, my brother, or their grandparents, you have every right to whoop their ass. Okay? But if you're a teacher, if you're, you know, a family friend call me. Yeah. Shoot me a text. Let yeah. me know like, yo, your kid act over here acting crazy and I will handle it when right. I get there. I feel like if you, if it's uncles on to grandparents, you should be like, as long as the parents are okay with it, you know, as long as they let you know, like, yo, like, like how I just said, they got current mm-hmm. blanche to do it. So they're going to know, like, For they could things, do you it. Know, you yeah. know, some parents don't feel the same way. Some parents don't feel it. Some parents feel like no one can put hands on their child. All right. Regardless, like, don't put your hands on a child. I don't care if you're the uncle, aunt, grandparent, whatever. Don't put hands on my child. Yeah. So that's a conversation that needs to be had between right for sure the, the, the parents of respect. that child yeah
6: it's about respect between those adults and like for me i wouldn't want anyone putting their hands on my kid i would like but at, at the same time i would need to put up my end of the bargain yeah. my kid couldn't be also then going out wilding or whatever right because then mm-hmm. like that's opening up the gate for people to pull from the tools they understand exactly for me it's gonna be like how do i like like that'll be it. look and I, i'm not trying to judge parents because I, I i don't have a kid so i can't sit here and tell you Cause I know that it could be real frustrating. And like, I feel like there's a difference between also spanking and like be whipping your kid's ass. I feel like, you know, like for me, spanking, like my kid puts their hand in a fire when they're two years old, me sitting there and explaining to them why they shouldn't. You don't need a spanking after that. Your
5: hand is burned.
6: Right. But me trying to sit (laughs) down and explain. I can sit sit down and explain with the little words they understand. But I need you to understand that this, me hitting you on his hand right now could save your life. So I'm going to do that for you because you need that. But as far as, um, you know, The other stuff, yeah, I think it's about just respect and having those lines of communication open uh, to determine what's kind of best for you and your family. Because as a teacher, let me tell you, like a lot of my students who get their ass beat at home, that shit is like now they're in school. Teachers are not allowed to put their hands on you. So how do you behave outside of that physical punishment? If your only incentive to not do stuff is when your parent is present with threatening you with, with abuse. That's not a sustainable character no, development. No, and that's either, why that's why you have you know? to make them and
5: understand like why, why they shouldn't exhibit exactly, certain behaviors. You
6: know? So I feel like there's like the both extremes to me are really bad, and I right. think that there exactly. has to be like something where you know there's like actual development of that child. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, men are not great people, according to Kim Michelle.
5: Yeah, she uh, she, was def- <laughs> she was definitely salty in this interview. Did,
6: are you going to play the clip?
5: Uh, it was it, it wasn't a clip? It was uh no, it was. Was it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pull it up here. Um, let me see. I thought it was. I, I thought. Oh, there's a clip. All right. Yeah, I'll play the clip.
6: Yeah,
5: let's hear what she has to say. God damn it, K hey, Michelle.
6: Men are not great people. All right, let's see. Let's see what to Kay to Michelle K Michelle had to say
5: about niggas in her latest interview.
6: Let's see. I'm gonna do some fact checking. <laughs> oh, talking. this is
5: the whole interview. I don't. Nah. It's no, a, no.
6: It's, it's it's not the clip.
5: No, it's not the clip, it's the whole interview, the whole 28-minute interview. What? Okay. Well, yeah. let's read some quotes. Yes. So let's let's read the quotes on what she had to say. What she had to say. Um Let's see. She, she she uh she said I don't think men are good people. Uh the remark came during an interview the singer and reality star did on V103's morning culture. The topic of K-Mich- of Michelle's toxic relationship with Mickey Memphis Wright came up causing her to admit her struggles with her perception of men. Due to past interactions, both professional and romantic, she went on to say this. I don't think men are good people. The reason for that is like for men to do things that they consider small in the flesh of like cheating. You know, that's going to destroy your partner, but you do it anyway. Mm -hmm. That's not a mistake. We've watched the same story over and over again. K. Michelle, who has a teenage son named Chase, says if she has more children, (laughs) she wants twin girls and not a boy. Uh, She also said I don't want to raise another one I'm struggling She exclaimed He took off with a white girl And as pro-black as we are I got a phone call from my mama Like Chase said He could go on this date With some white girl I said okay okay We got unity It's all good But I didn't tell him He could go anywhere But he ran out the house Went there Went on this date You know I'm just trying to tell him Wrap it up You know you a black person A black male You my son But out here you a black male They don't care about Nothing about you It's hard to raise a man It's really hard Because I see a lot of women Fail, fail their sons Because I dated them So I don't want nobody To look at me And say Who raised that boy mm.
6: Ooh, That is loaded she, My god She
5: coming from a place to hurt That's what It, it sounds like She made a bunch of Bad decisions on men A bunch of bad decisions On dating And now she talking about Men are not good people Alright Well, maybe if you made better choices in your life, K. Michelle, maybe you would have men who are good people And you wouldn't be generalizing men off of your horrible experiences And furthermore, she's a reality TV star who exhibits (laughs) very ratchet, angry, disruptive behavior (laughs) And so men probably come into interactions with her Knowing I have to act a certain way. Otherwise, I'm going to get ran over by this lady, by this woman. And so that's what she gets. Okay.
6: Okay. Well, are you done? Are you finished? All right. So uh, (laughs) we do understand that nothing that K. Michelle here said was a lie.
5: Well, Um, I don't
6: think men are good people. I think it's a really fair statement because I don't think she said that men are bad people. I think that not being good people as a characterization it's pretty fair because that can mean anywhere from okay to bad. And I think that that's on average what we could give most men. Now, of course, there's exceptions to every rule. Just as we talk about white people. When I say white people, I don't mean all white people. Of course, I have like homies, individual people who happen to be white. Right. Who are really awesome and actively, and actively anti-racist. And sometimes even more so than the black people that I know. And so everybody I judge as an individual. But when you think about what men are able to do in this world, It just has it just goes back to privilege. Men have the power to make a lot of decisions. So men have the power to uh, use their power for good or for evil. Oftentimes, because men want and want to maintain power, they do. They choose to do it in ways that are extremely self-serving. Now, who receives who gets the blunt end of the who gets the worst end of all of this, women do, right? Because mm-hmm. we have to interact with men. We have to deal with them. We live in a world where men are forgiven. As you mentioned earlier in, during the show, Uh, uh you said something. You, what, what did you say? I, don't you, know, what you, like, I don't says, know what you're talking about. Huh? Yeah, no, he said something like... he said. not know what you're talking about. What? He also said something like, oh, well, let me say this because if I say it, I'll get away with it. If Addie says it, they'll cancel her forever. Yes, because that's just the that way things me. work in society. We, We're extremely forgiving <laughs> We're extremely forgiving of men. But you know, this is not just men's fault. This is an ecosystem, right? Because we when you think about like how men are raised versus how women are raised, like men are raised to be like the world is your oyster, you are free. And the people who tend to do the raising are women who've seen these things happen in their life and almost perpetuate that narrative because it's what we're so used to. So mm-hmm. men have men have the latitude to, you know, have a kid and forget about it. What? Forget? Men have the men have the latitude. To you know Use their God given gift Of a penis To sit there And rape people To sit there And to murder Men murder people Like
5: Women murder people But
6: not to the degree That men do At all It's not even they still do it But not to the degree So we talk about Like Yeah We talk about like Things from a perspective Of scale Like yeah Black people do bad shit But white people do it more And have a lot more power Well that's not necessarily it depends on what I'm talking it depends on the actual crime right, right. Um, but it has to do with your proximity to power and what you do with it in my opinion and I think that the way things kind of work particularly within our community within the black community because you got to think of it like this like black men black women yeah we're oppressed by white people we've been oppressed in this country forever right but a lot of times because those interactions outside of our race are often like characterized by real negative bad experiences what then happens is that internally within our communities a lot of that. Unresolved anger That hate That like Hatred kind of gets Poured Into one another And I'm not even saying It's a one sided thing Because you have a lot of Like women who've been Through a lot of shit With with men right And then that also Kind of reinforces That whole kind of Back and forth And that kind of Real toxic kind of Attitude towards one another But men have power Right so like Men have power To make that decision To break that cycle And oftentimes, What we've seen They don't so I mean I don't agree with everything she said But I do think that I don't think men are good people Is a reasonable statement I think it's a reasonable <laughs> she just,
5: statement We we gotta move on But she's just speaking from a broken heart That's what that is Sure okay? but who
6: broke it So like y'all love to say I Her feel like poor decisions love to say is and who, That's who broke her heart women poor, and black, poor decision making black Is woman broke is her bitter, heart. Okay but as not like, say what, But you know you did said imply. Hurt. And, um, I ain't say bitter. She's say, hurt, but it's the same idea. She's hurt. It's the same idea, <laughs> and um, but somebody had to hurt her, right? For her to be, she didn't just wake up angry. She didn't just wake up bitter and hurt. She explained that all of her experiences, she carried herself, all of her experiences as someone all who of should, her not, not, should not experiences and interactions have added up to her. She didn't. She didn't
5: carry herself as.
6: Well, why? Because you we, do we know what she was like before she these things happened to her? I mean, I'm not saying that, look...
5: We know that she saying, would be a lot farther in her career if I'm she saying. didn't have her anger no, 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 issues no. and her bad attitude. I'm not attitude. saying that, like,
6: I feel like everyone is responsible for themselves. So I don't, like, when I see, like, the way she, what, carries on in television stuff, I, I stuff, her life is not mine to agree with, but it's, it's something that we're like, yeah, sure, we have to be accountable for our behavior. So regardless of, like, I could have been through the worst shit in my life, but if I came in here... Like you know, like fuck this shit and da, da 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 and like y'all niggas don't act like I do that now. <laughs> Look at him; he's like trying to pick me <laughs> in the wrong light. But you know, I, I'm gonna be held accountable for my behavior. Right. Period. Like, and so I, I'm holding her accountable, but I'm also saying just challenging the idea of like right. black women being characterized as like hurt, bitter, angry, all these things mm-hmm. that oftentimes when you trace it stems to an absent father, stems to, uh, um, stems to a relationship, several relationships gone bad, but in the worst ways, because as women, we're, we're not, we are expected to deal with the consequences that oftentimes both parties participate in, right? So if you think about like when women have to like stay in the household, they have to like raise their kid. They can't just like get up and go. Like, you know, women have to deal with the consequences of, you know, Being in a being with a partner who has more physical power, right? That like we can be in an argument and having a conversation and you could decide at any moment to use your physical power to overpower me. And that's so you have this power and thus more control over the dynamics of that relationship. So I feel like that's just true in a lot of ways. And I feel like the way that men have chosen Mm -hmm. to use that power across the board in this country in This world has we, we been could bad. Do,
5: we could do a full two hours on going men, back and yeah, forth, men and this, women,
6: of course, on this
5: on this topic. Yes. Um, but, but I don't uh,
6: mean to say that all men are. I definitely don't think that all men are bad. I don't. Right,
5: but but she's she's making a general statement, and I I feel like this statement lacks accountability. And accountability. yes, accountability. That's yes. what that that's what I'm getting out of this. She doesn't say like, yes, oh, okay. you know, I, I understand agree. my the part that I played in my relationships that have gone bad. Um, I'm not saying that you're responsible for someone cheating on you, but the way yeah. someone treats you. You have, you do have some responsibility in that. Like if, if, if someone doesn't respect me, I do, I do have some responsibility in that because I didn't demand that respect or command that respect. Or if someone, you know, is short with me or whatever the case is, there's, there's some accountability to be had here. And she's not taking that at all. I think she's just like putting, it feels like to me on this statement, she's just putting the onus on men. Men are not good people because X, Y, Z, because it's stuff I went through. There's a bunch of women that's happy with the men that they're with. Mm-hmm. Are those mm-hmm. men that they're happy with not good people?
6: Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people we, who claim to be happy with men that are doing things that are not making them I, happy. Look, we don't know but who's... we live in a world where we... Don't, we, we don't live know in a who's world claiming... Where we're, I'm, like, literally, from my birth, I am socialized to please men. Are you kidding me? Like, look, women we don't, have... Women grow up in a world where like our Value is tied to what men think Of us so All yes right, but
5: but we don't know Who's so claiming this, and who actually is so we Just have to go this, by what they yeah, say on this the surface This statement
6: in its broadest sense does make sense to me Now of course you're, you're, you're considering the, the message from the messenger I understand but to me I'm thinking of the statement mm-hmm. in so far As like just society wise Like we allow this to happen Of course men are not good people because they weren't brought Up to be that <laughs>
5: Like, I'm a great person. I don't know. I don't know what Kate Michelle or you sound you were like talking a white about, person trying okay? to make I'm this about really, you I'm a, when I'm, I'm talking a, I'm a about person. a larger structure. <laughs> so go ahead, but go off. All right. Um. Uh. Okay. We, we're a little short on time, so we 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 got to get Sha yes. Lizzie in here. He's in the building. Yeah. Um, that but, last
6: one.
5: Yeah. But uh, we real quick after more than a year of dreaming, researching, experimenting, late night conference calls, and early Saturday morning meetings, the Me Team is happy and proud to present to you the Me Bottle. This double insulated, reusable stainless steel bottle disinfects water in a 60 second cycle, utilizing UVC LED technology and is 99.99 effective against E. coli. A single charge via micro USB lasts up to 30 days and the bright LED display lets you know when water is ready to drink. Join us in bringing clean water to all. Raise your bottle and drink to you and me. Find out more at mebottle.com. You're listening to Ben Talks right here live on Radio Free Brooklyn. We got Shaw Lizzie in the building. Hey. He's going to be on the mic up next. I can't wait to get to talking to this brother and, and and finding out about his career and his music and everything like that. And, um, yeah, stay locked in, man. It's Radio Free Brooklyn. It's Ben Talks with the best in the world. Ben Lewis, Addy the Baddie. Hello. We'll be right back.
6: Yay.
9: Shy and
0: lazy, and I've been paying
9: attention to a lot of you rap dudes. Y'all was showing us love when we wasn't making moves, but now y'all really running. 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 law, I run through the mall. Terone Bettis on the mic when he run with the ball. I put the gloves to the floor. I'm tired of a spa. I came back in fatigues. I'm bringing a war. I'm breaking the leashes. Fuck all of the teachers. Written in pieces Pin me as the author Kill myself on the track They call me a martyr They try to paint What I ain't They brushes a daughter Load up the bars In the clip You see what I'm hacking Go on the beat On repeat My mouth with a snapping I let them think They ahead Then see that I lapped them The border raps that I'm the best I'm talking to Khaled I'm taking the chances Side eye with the glances You wanna box With a loss bag you with your manses. They stereotype you Far from a writer John Allen Muhammad When I'm gripping The sniper Shoot at you rapping with the zoom take wink light elijah they have they fun for the price they pay in the piper middle america i'm causing hysteria running with my third eye wide i seen it coming this for everybody saying i'm too pop with it i ain't your core but for sure i'm too off with it this that shit to make you grab the fifth and blast off this that shit to make the women throwing jobs off close to win with walls closing in all, all looking at me like i've chosen him y'all not prosperous being foes of him Cannot make you me, only mold to him Ask a friend how young Shah damaged them Prince seen, show the ropes how I jab at them Mad at him, I got shit happening Push the price on my stock, now I'm cashing in uh, Don't let the progression I'm making them misconstrue you The years are frontin' on the boy, I see right through you Started way right behind the starting line, I came through Swim across New Orleans, I breeze by you Taking shots at the Shah, they best try to See me touching they milestones, they get prideful See me getting the praise from all the idols And now y'all just been replaced for my new rivals I'm A.I. and any Jordan that think they can stop this Flying high with my dreams, kill couldn't block it Messages to my Habibis, I come as a prophet The industry locked in stores, I found a lockpick The Middle East is on my back, ruined my posture But I'm still standing tall, as gold as an Oscar No awards for what I'm doing, the music I offer Narrating our story, no one telling it proper. Proper, proper Fuck this
0: Wee, we, we.
7: I knew then what I know now, well,
9: it probably wouldn't have changed very much. And it probably wouldn't have changed very much because sometimes it doesn't matter what you know, what you Looking at the stars, watching and all they projecting Looking down at my milestones, crossing the checklist Dedicated to anybody, spoke on me reckless Now they praying that I fall, call it a death wish The go-getter, the gold digger, my shine bigger The trend trendsetter, I rhyme better, my story riller. I mean I crumbled every narrative they passed me with Try to master kid to the liking of their characters Never cared to really ask the man that I am Busy living to your standards, caught in a jam you got a dream every day. I'm facing the odds, rapping for my life. Cause I'm scared of my day job. Shout out to all my 905s who claim they're alive. when they pride, compromise, they dying inside. Pay attention, pay attention. A co worker died, couldn't even live to see his pension. I think it's time to do it bigger, an entrepreneur. Steady climbing out that field, I swam in the sore as fate would have it, my status appears to beat on a steady rise, little easy just a joke, now to your surprise, this music's a novel, I'm rolling out the franchise, they used to tell me, don't forget about me, Leezy, when you get to the fame, all I'm thinking to myself, well they treat me the same, it's kinda hard to keep a balance between crazy and sane, I find it better making music, dog, when I be in pain, man, of the people, the people's champ, dog, But they starting to tell me, They trying to get blown away, look what happened to Nipsey, America Victory lap. Who's riding out with me? A Allah's watching, so no evil shall prosper against me. My mind is heavy on the surface. I'm calm and I'm empty. Serving trays ain't no lunch. I bust if you tempt me. Habibi's at bodega showing me love and I dig it. The Middle East finest now can say that I live it. I love turning fans out of some secretive critics. They always say I knew you'd do it, but after I did it. My best advice to being you is a comfortable you. A carbon copy over time will lose in its value. Long as money's green, the skies stay blue. They gon' hate you for whatever you choose what to do. Turn around, take a view, and look at your crew. Then the dudes be the ones that's hating on you. Fuck a rhyme, take the words, and deem it as true. All my fans know my style, this game isn't new. I'm just giving theories out. Plant the seeds, watch it, lead the sprout. So when you see the stars, when the evening's out, you reflect like I and see what you came about. Leazy's theory, Leazy's theory, uh
5: yes sir we are back live on radio free brooklyn you already know what it is it's your boy ben lewis the best in the world and addy the baddie still bad Yes, um, and uh, she's managed to make it through all the segments and deal with my toxic masculinity. You
6: know, I'm working through it, You're working through it day by day. Stuff yes, like that.
5: you're supposed to say, "Well, Baron, you're not toxic," and you know all that yeah, good stuff. Well, but you know, you missed the cue. I don't um, lie on Thursdays. I guess we haven't been working together so that that long, huh?
6: I don't lie on Thursdays or any day for that matter.
5: <laughs> and we got a very special guest in a building. We
6: do. We have Sha Lizy, yes, Sha Lizy, in a building. I'm so happy to have you here. Yes, uh, Thank you, know, you So I went to this open mic. Well, it wasn't open mic. It was actually this showcase that one of my friends invited me to a few months ago, and that was the first time that I saw Shalizi on stage, and he was headlining that show. Um, that one in Brooklyn. I yeah. think it, Friends and Lovers, maybe.
9: Was it the AMP or it, um, I forgot who it was. It was it was in a it was in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. I, I know you're talking Friends about- and Lovers bar. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
6: So that was that was dope because I came there to see a friend who like. Had one of the opening sets and I stayed the whole time and I saw you and I was like wow you just really kind of captured the whole crowd I'd never heard any of your music before Thank didn't you. know have any context about you but you had your stage presence and not only that but like the quality of the lyrics that you were spitting your energy and engagement was something that I thought was like super interesting so I followed you immediately like normally when people like oh yeah follow me or whatever I'm selective about like who I want to follow and fo- like really see what's going on but right. definitely uh, caught my eye and I started listening to some of your music so. Really happy to have you here with a new project.
9: Thank you for having me. Yes, yeah. strictly for my Habibis, the new album. I'm excited, man. We've been pushing this hard. Um, it's, it, was a, it was a good process. Took us a couple months really to get it down packed. Uh, you know, we just feeding the people freestyles just to keep people warmed up and just anticipated for the project. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we hit them with that Alicia's Jam pride record. And we, we shot a movie with that, and, uh, and here we are now. Now we in promo mode.
6: That's what's up. That's what's up.
9: Yeah, and it, it dropped uh, the the twentieth, right? Yes, yes.
5: It's a it's a nine track uh, project. Seven, S- oh. six. Six. Okay. Six? Oh, I don't know what I was. <laughs> next thinking. time not. I, I I get y'all nah, next thinking. time. <laughs> maybe I, I wanted nah, three. I wanted three, okay. I, I wanted three more songs after, <laughs> okay. I, wanted more songs after I, I wanted three more songs after I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But that's okay. good, right? That like you good. should want yeah. more
6: instead of them just shoving shit at you.
5: No, because even 30 even 30, even on the drive even on the drive over here I was I was listening to it and then it finished. I was like, oh damn, that's it. Like I was going in there <laughs> like maybe my 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 joint is glitching or something, but I enjoyed the project. And one of the things that I enjoyed about it was that. One of the things I like to hear when an artist puts out a project is a strong start and a strong finish and you nailed it from right. the start with the lyrics and the song and then the finish like going off with with um Le- Le- theory 3 yeah um that that is my favorite joint on the project mm-hmm. so so how did like you put this entire project together like how, like what was the process like for you
9: Well the process mainly was every every project that I do is like a journey so mm-hmm. like as you're listening you're pretty much like you're on track with me. Like, where am I in my career? So when you start with track one and you hear the statement, I'm literally letting you know at that moment, like, here's where I'm at at the game right now. Yeah. Like, I've arrived. You know what I mean? So that's why in the intro, like, you hear me. I'm like, I'm paying attention to you rap dudes. You know, that's me. Like, all right, I'm breaking out now. Like, no, I've arrived. Now it's time and mm-hmm. stuff. And then uh, as you move forward you start hearing the the lazy formula which is like very middle eastern inspired telling my story post 9/11 era and, and what that was like so like you hear songs like drones on the record you know yeah. what I mean and like I when you hear that you hear the bullets going and everything yeah I really talking about the drones watching drones. you and stuff yeah, yeah 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 like I'm really trying to like and the way like I mixed the record and everything I really wanted you to feel like you in the Middle East right now and you mm-hmm. hearing like you hearing the and all of that and you hear the kids screaming and all of that was brilliant yeah and also
5: sounded like Brownsville
9: <laughs> well there you go you see it's universal we make universal music yeah <laughs> so do you
6: produce your music too
9: yes i do okay wow. it sounds
6: so intimate like a real intimate type of like coming together of the sounds and yeah it's i was that's what I, a question i really wanted to ask you because it it sounds like you do and it sounds like it's a real thoughtful process
9: yeah so like in the process like we'll go through like different samples like i'm a sample head and stuff mm-hmm. like i like crate digging and stuff and sometimes like with other producers and stuff we'll like we'll band together and like we'll find stuff and we'll flip the samples Mm -hmm. and things and then um i'll start thinking of like concepts Mm -hmm. for for these songs and stuff and uh we just go in
5: i love the the sample of um uh, I don't know if this was the original sample, but the, with the the joint Alicia Keys you Alicia's jam, yeah, famous song, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I, I loved, I loved that that sample. Yeah. I, I love that you that you use that for, especially for hip hop record. Like you don't you don't see that too often. A lot of people maybe like want to stay away from that. So um, so like, does since you produce your own uh beats and everything like that, does that does that make you like does that make your creative process like take a little longer or is it like all the same for you?
9: I wouldn't say it takes longer. I I move fast. Yeah. I, I move fast. I move like time is money. So mm-hmm. like uh like for for instance particularly like Alicia's jam, that one was a Simon, was uh, my man Simon says he made that beat. But Oh, I know Simon man, says. Simon, yeah, that's yeah, Simon, Simon says, says beat. Yeah. And uh I reached out to Simon and I was like, "Yo, I love this beat." and yeah. stuff. And uh we worked it out. And uh yeah, and it, it was pretty much in the same lane of how I like to produce my records and Mm -hmm. stuff. So I was like, this is perfect. This is very consistent. And I already had made at that time. I already laid down drones at the time. And I believe it was like the statement was already done. So I was like, oh, this would be a perfect record. It's a ladies record. Yeah, They're going to love it. We never had a ladies record before at that time, Mm -hmm. like compared to my other projects. I was like, this will show a whole different side of you that's not always so like political, political, rah, rah, rah and shit
6: yeah i loved it too as, as a as a woman known woman here i definitely loved it and i connected to it but oh. i did want to touch on um before we get there i did want to touch on 9-11 you know and I yeah. know this is something that's a huge thing as far within the muslim islam community um and i just was curious how old were you when 9-11 happened and mm-hmm. what was one of the biggest differences you noticed of what your life was like after Nine eleven before versus before nine
9: eleven. So I was in middle school when nine eleven happened. I was just probably like in the sixth grade mm-hmm. when that went down. When it when it happened, I didn't realize at that moment how big I realized that I've witnessed history. Because right. at that time and that age is particular because it's like you always learn about history, yeah, but you, but never, you never know do. when you're a part yeah. of it. Right. right. So like now I'm like, oh shit, now I'm a part. Of like this, I think I just witnessed history. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't until the aftermath where I was like, you know, when like kids started like saying like racial slurs mm-hmm. and stuff, I was mm-hmm. like, oh wait a minute, like I'm different. Like I'm different from these people, like from other people, like white people mm-hmm. and stuff. Like there there was like a, a distinction. There was a line. You were in Staten Island at the time. I was in like, Staten Island at the time. Woo, child. But, yeah. And then, like, I didn't realize. Then I didn't, and then as I got older, I realized, damn, this place is racist. Yeah, like, yeah. It's <laughs> like, and like, and then um, one thing I remember vividly was in school, just being not I wanna say confused, but it, it was just hard to bridge that gap because you know a lot of the white kids, a lot of like you know Italian kids or whatever they they you know sand n word or like yeah. your uncle and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So naturally i started to like and there wasn't a lot of me my community there anyway so i'm like solo so yeah i started to just i was just hanging out with a lot of like black kids latino kids and then like we had the same things in common like i loved hip-hop at that time like, you know, like hip-hop i like hip-hop yeah. like sports i like sports and then that's like i, I just found my niche
5: I, I get a very um listening to your project i get a very like old school type of um like style to it uh-huh. like it, it doesn't sound like much of the things that's out now right i just wanted to know like who was some of like your biggest influences and yeah. and who if any do you like try to kind of pattern your your, uh-huh. your style after or your music after
9: how much time you got today <laughs> 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 nah, nah, man i got i got so many influences i mean yeah. um but just like just to throw out a few obviously like i love big um pac just like for the messages. Mm-hmm. I love studying A lot
5: a lot of that in in your music too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
9: A lot of passion. Um, I love studying like Nas, Jay, um, Rakim. Who else? Uh in like modern times, like Cole, Kendrick. Right. You know, the Wale's of the World. I really I really like I really liked what they did for like the new school generation. They kinda like they brought that level of lyricism in for like the new generation. Mm-hmm. Um, the join the Lucas is of the world. I like what he's doing a lot. Very underrated, dude. Yeah, man. very underrated. Yeah. Very underrated. Y-
6: YBN Corday. Have you heard his stuff? Yeah, I yeah. just heard
9: his new project. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. I don't Fire. I don't think he gets enough. I don't nah. think he gets enough credit. And like the yeah. production on it was amazing. Yeah. And I was just impressed by just his lyricism and mm-hmm. stuff. And how young yeah, he's twenty one. Yeah to, to have
5: that kind of like level yeah.
9: up. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard him. He was uh he did the um the slim shady, he was rapping on the slim shady beat the the my name is i remember that's the first time i got put on to them, but then like when i heard this then after that i heard this project and i was just impressed i was like wow yeah. i, I yeah. couldn't believe it you know what i mean but um but yeah i'm always you know one thing that i always love doing is uh because i was raised around a lot of kids that was older than me so they always like to put me onto the older stuff yeah so um a lot of the techniques the rhyme techniques that i like to use like um one of one of the techniques you probably hear is uh I don't know if you remember like Smooth the Hustler mm-hmm. from Brooklyn and stuff. Uh Broken Slanguage. Yeah. Like I remember a few months ago I was listening to that project, that song, and and I was just remember when he was just saying like the 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 top shot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And he was just taking that and then like I love I love that flow. So one of the things that I like, you know how like people like to make new flows and stuff? I try to like treat it like fashion and bring back old flows mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. that people you wouldn't even remember and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like yesterday I was listening to I with LL Cool J and I was just listening to Keith Murray's verse. And wow. Stuff. Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That was Incredible. like the hardcore era. Like, yeah. I'm going to say some ridiculous stuff, you know? Do so you think, um, no, I got I, got uh, out of I was going to say,
6: uh, two things. Since uh-huh. you're like you're definitely like an old school type of hip hop head. Yeah. Um, so two questions. Do you think lyricism is coming back, and like, do you think that that's gonna bear a lot more weight moving forward in hip hop? And my second question is, what are your thoughts on snitching? Because we've been talking a lot about this Takashi Six Nine case, and as and as right. I just I'm just curious from from your season perspective, right? What's your thoughts?
9: Okay, so for the first question you asked me about like MC and is lyricism coming back? Um, I think lyricism it's always going to be those rounds. It's going to, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like the seasons. Like I remember in 07 when everybody was going crazy about like soldier boy and like <laughs> this whole era of like this, like bubblegum rap was coming out. And yeah. You know what I mean? Ringtone rap. Ringtone yeah. rap and stuff. Right. <laughs> but then like, but then things changed. Like right within like a year and a half later, then Drake came out. Mm-hmm. Then Cole came out. Then Sean came out. Then Wale. Then like a year after that, Kendrick came out. So it was like, I always feel like there's a wave. So I think, yeah, though, everything comes back around. You know what I mean? So, and on top of that, I'm, I'm a firm believer of knowing your market. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I know the kind of music I make mm-hmm. and I already know my demographic and who I'm going to like attract with it. So I already know once you realize your market and your demographic, that's it. That's mm-hmm. all you have to worry about now. If you want something bigger, then, you know, then there's the, Takashi six nines and you know (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna segue into that like uh, you know then you got these a lot of these melodic dudes that come in Then you know if you want something bigger then you can do that but the problem with that is it's a very oversaturated market Mm -hmm. because everybody's doing it and you know just out of my experience just working out of studios is you know I remember we used to have a lot of kids coming in there trying to sound like whatever was hot at the Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. you know what I mean they're trying to shoot their shot and do that and uh, I'm a firm believer of just making music that's really from your heart. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that the rest will will pan out for itself. You yeah, know? I agree. Okay. And now to yeah. the second part, right? About about snitching, right? So uh, it's, it's, it seems like there's a big generational gap going mm-hmm. on here about snitching. And just, just from my little background, from what I've told you about me and, like, the people that I grew up around with, like, obviously that's – that's not condoned, obviously, especially when you like um, adopt a certain kind of lifestyle. Yeah, when you willingly go into when it, right? you willingly yeah. go into it. It's you know it's a it's a very tough thing to try to back out of it. Now, in his situation, you know he went into it. He wasn't supposed to be involved with the stuff that he got involved with. You know what I mean? So there's there is a level of accountability that needs to be claimed on two sides. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that kid should have never been involved with crimes. Like he should have been the money maker. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be like, you know, do whatever you want to do. And then the goon protection mm-hmm. is behind you just in case and stuff. But then you get involved with robberies and, yeah. and shootings and yeah, stuff. Right. That gets you caught up. And then of course he's going to start talking like, right. you yeah. know, he's not, he never he's not from this. that cloth. So that's, what's going to happen. You know, it's yeah. it's an unfortunate situation for everybody, for you real. know. For real. Heard- and for hip hop, most importantly, for hip hop it becomes a big problem because yeah. now um you have the feds looking into other artists. Yep. Right? This thing of ours is like, mm-hmm. you know, what happens? It's come- we come from it comes from the bottom. Yeah. yeah. We were
6: just talking on one of our listening, topics you know, they're was listening about, to your lyrics yeah, and stuff like using that. that yeah. as, using that in the court against you, Yeah. Like your lyrics as a weapon against you and they they don't do that with any other genre of music but they do do that with hip hop so that's a good
9: point yeah so so you know yeah we get targeted obviously you know people of color people coming up changing their lives so yeah you you got this kid blowing up the whole lid off and it's Mm -hmm. just like now it's it's open season for for everybody right everyone gets investigated and I don't care who you are whether you're a conscious rapper whatever party Mm -hmm. rapper gangster rapper everyone gets looked into now and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we have to be careful, you know.
5: Yeah, for sure. Now, you you talked about, like, having an appreciation for a lot of, like, the old school and, and everything like that. How yeah. important do you think it is for an up-and-coming artist or someone who's trying to break into this game and into this industry? How important do you think it is for them to learn about their history if, it, if you think it's important at all?
9: I mean, clearly, through precedent, I guess yeah. it doesn't matter. But, right, <laughs> you know right. I mean? I guess it doesn't matter, but I was I was just having this conversation with my man. I was because I'm I'm very adamant about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. how could you not know the history? Mm-hmm. Like any any industry you go to, everybody will say, "Oh, well, Ben had this radio show. He's a pioneer. Oh, she did, she's a pioneer and stuff." But the way that was told to me was that it's not like the fields of science or anything. Like like art is just different. Yeah. It's just different. Like, people will literally come in there and claim that they did it when they weren't the ones who did it. And there's no, like, there's no time stamp. There's no nothing that, like, okay, she created this radio show. You know what I mean? There's none of that. Like, I'd be like, no, I did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I right. created this style. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know? And that's the end of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all subject so, to debate. My question is, um,
6: what's been your reception like for your community? Because from your community, and by that I mean, like, the Persians, the, uh, is, uh, is, is, Iranians, right? Yeah, Iranians, Muslim, Iranians. the Muslim yeah. community, yeah. Right. particularly those in New York, who honestly, you know, I I grew up actually around, uh, like my school, my high school that I attended, um, was like basically like half Muslim, so it was like I, I grew up around a lot of uh, people who 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 were who were from Islam, have Islam background, right. um, and so luckily, like the people in my school, and I'm sure that they experienced like teasing and things like that, but. We had a lot more context It wasn't like Oh there's just one Muslim kid And so now All of our fears Is now centered on this person Right Right. But it definitely was Like when I spoke to my Muslim friends uh, Who definitely Who identify as Muslim And people perceive them as Muslim Because you don't have to identify People perceive you I had Sikh friends Who were getting attacked on
9: the street Yeah Yeah I have a friend who's Sikh too Yeah So
6: what has that reception been For you You know Filling this void In this this space um, And and getting that story out there
9: It's been exciting A lot of them Been hitting me up I've got people from from iran hitting me up sending me pictures playing my music nice sending me messages wanting to do music with them and actually a couple of like well-known acts out there and things so i wanted that's for my next project i want to do something where it's like i'm rapping in english and doing flipping it into into farsi which is the language that i speak sort of the way like pun did it when he yeah. did like the spanish into english thing so i want to do that for the next project and that's uh what collaboration I got with this kid out there. And uh yeah, but this the the perception has been like really good. A lot so, of people are excited and yeah, cause I'm filling in a lane that a lot of people not really doing. Right. I don't know for whatever reason, but
6: you mentioned that in your song that like a lot of people are not telling this story uh of like of your story. But yeah. is, is there anyone that you that comes to mind that you think of that like is telling that story or that you feel like within Hollywood or in the greater known community that oh, is doing a um, pretty good
9: job. I, you know, what's funny? There's this comedian right now. His his name is Rami Yusuf, mm-hmm. and he's got this show. I highly recommend it. If you got Hulu, you should watch it. uh It's called Rami, and his life. I mean, I sat there and I watched it, and I laughed. <laughs> and it was the first time. It was the first time in my life, in my 20 plus years of living on earth. Where I watched something on TV And I connected like directly With it because it was like He's he's from my era And he was talking about stories And I related to it and like culturally Everything from family The way we treat our daughters The way we treat our sons And like and he really broke He really lifted the lid off Of like a lot of misconceptions That a lot of people think about us So I loved it because Most of my life you know I had to relate to i had to relate like metaphorically to stuff on tv because there was no one like me or yeah. like no one really describing my family for mm-hmm. instance so like i'd watch the fresh prince of bel-air and I, i'd like it i'd be like oh i can relate to that somewhere like in in this way in this manner so when i saw his show i was just like wow this is this is amazing like you didn't hold no no bars like you really went you didn't no fillers like this was mm-hmm. it This was the real deal. So yeah, Rami for sure. Like as far as entertainment goes, yeah, you know, check that out. Um, I wanted to get
5: your thoughts. So like I I recently saw like a a clip from the Joe Budden podcast, right? Right. Um, and, and it's basically Joe Budden talking about having to quit your job to, to be successful Mm -hmm. and. Um, you had like uh, you had some bars in uh-huh. in uh Lizzie's Theory Three yeah, Where you said head. uh, you know, rapping yeah. for my life because I'm scared of my yeah. day job. Yeah. Shout out to my nine to fives who claim mm-hmm. they're alive swallowing their pride, mm-hmm. compromise, they, they, they dying inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I'm I'm just gonna play like the Joe Budden clip. I real saw quick. that. I know what you're talking oh, you, about. Okay, so, so I don't need to play. i to play for the people. Yeah, I'll play for people. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play for the people. But here's what Joe Budden had to say about this similar thing.
4: Take that jump. Gotta take a jump. Yeah, don't
8: don't don't okay, don't try so to steal second base and keep your foot on first. <laughs> you uh-huh. Go to Co- your clothing. job, <laughs> tell them niggas, yo, got mm-hmm. something on the side that I have some faith in, mm-hmm. and walk away. Yeah. And then weather the storm. Yeah. That's the important part. Hey, creatives. It ain't about how much money you make, mm-hmm. how much debt you're in. Mm-hmm. It's really all about can you weather this? Storm. That whole corny saying, the light at the end of the tunnel. Let's not make that applicable here, but it is. If you can get through being broke for the next nine months, the lick
5: is- All right. So, yeah. So that's what the, for the people who haven't heard it yet, that's what Joe Button had to say. Um, basically about like handling day job and, and being like a creative. Now I, you're a creative and, and Addie, you know, you, you, you're a creative as well. I just want to get like your thoughts on it. And Addy you could share what, what's your thoughts about what, what Joe Button had to say on that.
9: Well, I understand where Joe's coming from. I mean, I I spent two years of my life doing that, taking that big jump. See, mm-hmm. I, I used to intern at studios when I was in college and everything. And after college, I was like, no, I'm going full time with this music thing. And I lived out of studios two years. I was an engineer. That's how I got my foot in the door. That's how I learned about the game and everything. And I was for two years broke as a joke working with clients getting chump change like could barely get on the metro card barely could afford a sandwich for myself after i finished paying off the house for the studio time and things uh having said all of that uh yeah it was it was a struggle when you don't have money behind yourself or mm-hmm. or you don't have a manager and things i think everyone's situation it's situational for every person you know what i mean uh from what Joe's alluding to, taking that jump and stuff, I think it works when you have the right pieces. Mm-hmm. When you have let's say, my man over here has connections to her and she's some big time PR that can get my music out. Or she's a label rep and you can sweet talk her into getting me into a certain situation and having me open up up acts and have me on tours. Yeah, then it works. But I didn't have those kind of luxuries and the doors was closed. So I had to fund my own movement. I had to diversify, which is something that Ross was talking about in his interview with Joe at the pull-up. He's Mm -hmm. like, you know, in hip-hop we have to diversify ourselves into different fields. So with me, I use my education to get my money and fund my movement, shoot my own music videos, fund my own promos, hit you guys up. Mm -hmm. Every morning, I'm up 7 in the morning, I'm emailing people Hey, uh Listen, this is what I got going on, I'm Shiley I'm this, I'm that, I'm from Harlem, this, that da, 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 da. Here's my music, check me out And I'm waiting, and I'm sending like 5 To 10 emails a day mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just to, for uh, shows Interviews, any type Of opportunity I can get on Right. You know?
6: That's dope Yeah, yeah. for me, I am definitely uh,
9: Relate to that because I,
6: I, I Agree to some degree with Joe's saying as far as like Kind of just making that Taking that jump right Take and I, and I don't know if it's about quitting your 9 to 5 I think it's kind of about quitting that mentality mm-hmm. That whatever like Practical career goal You had that was your plan A mm-hmm. That that is no longer a thing So that everything else that you're doing So whether it be your job that you're currently doing uh, Or whatever side hustles you have Is all in service of this New purpose which is your goal right. And I think that's for me what happened because like I um I used to be a, t- a classroom teacher that was my career and I was like oh I'll do music on the side right and for me it took, I had to I left the classroom because just I didn't have the time and um and it wasn't it didn't put me in the right space to do what I needed to do so I left and every job I've done since has been in service of me getting that capital to be able to create the projects that I have to be able to have the time and the flexibility to perform right. to travel to meet people to do all of that so I think like it definitely depends and like we live in a generation now where we can be you know, like you, like you said know your audience, know your market, you could live off of that. Yeah. And you could have other things that you do too that make you happy. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that it just, has to, it just has to be one thing. So
9: Absolutely. And I just feel like more and more as we go further on in the generations of hip hop, like I think you're seeing more and more people who are like from a job trying to Yeah. jump off into the next thing, mm-hmm. going into hip hop or music and things. It, it, the the is changing you know I think where they those guys are coming from and another thing they had a lot of connections back yeah in the day. <laughs> like yeah, right. I'm sorry all three of them <laughs> on that show have a they first of all maul comes from hip-hop royalty um Rory oh boy, Rory was got his foot in the door with with Sony and he was Right label mm-hmm. situations. Not exactly. to downplay what they're doing or anything. Yeah, but, right, right, right. But I mean, they were well connected. <laughs> yeah, they're coming yeah, they from they a walk. completely different place. <laughs> yeah. Right.
6: Easy yeah. to say. Yeah.
5: You know what I uh, mean. B- easier to say. Well, unfortunately, our time is up here, man. Just let the people know, man, where they could find you at, where they could get your music, and um, what else you got coming up, man. All
9: right, great. It's the Middle East finest Shadleyzi. You could follow me on Instagram, Twitter. At Shy S H A H L E E Z Y. You can find me on YouTube, Shy I got the new project out, strictly for my Habibis. My new music video, Alicia's Jam. We shot a movie to that. Uh, I got my new project coming out, first quarter of 2020, Beans, Rice, and Lamb with my man Jay Av. Shout out to my man Jay Av. We co produced, we co produced that whole project together. It's gonna be beautiful. We already know what time it is. It's the Middle East. What up?
5: Yes, sir. It's Brent Talks. Everyone enjoy your weekend. Here and now, Rachel, see you up next. Do not go anywhere. Peace out.